Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Looking at um, the newspapers this morning for some happy news over the weekend, it's a story that uh, makes the Irish Mirror today where there are hundreds of dolphins literally splashing about off the West Cork coast. Massive schools of dolphins can be seen flying in all directions. And many people... Uh, took uh, some super video footage, which apparently is up online. And an awful lot of people who are staycationing at home, of course, are enjoying the beauties uh, of uh, Ireland and none more so than West Cork. That's a lovely story. Meanwhile, though, the Echo reports that West Cork residents are living in fear over the coming few days with regards to more heavy rainfall today and indeed uh, again on Wednesday, as I say. So you're talking about places like Ross Carberry, which was very badly hit, Dunmanway, Rathbury, all devastated in recent days with, with flooding. A lot of homes, a lot of businesses flooded, flooding and many, many roads damaged and closed because of it. So it's a story making the echo today. But COVID dominates everywhere you go, particularly with some of the numbers over the weekend. 60 yesterday, 200 uh, positive cases reported uh, on Saturday. And of course, then you had the carry-on above in Dublin. The examiner's front page, COVID isn't over as cases spiral. And that party in Dublin is a slap in the face to frontline workers and everybody else besides. The red tops go to town on it in total. Berlin D2. Uh, apparently the staff now are even receiving death threats after the video of a packed venue was shared online. Now, the owner, Jay Burke, who owns quite an amount of pubs and and clubs said he was mortified by the clip, but it was only 20 seconds. Um, he says that he looked at four hours of video and the rest of it was just fine. It was a brunch. So a brunch of idiots is how The Sun describes it today. Footage from the baked brunch event at Berlin D2 on Saturday showed the staff pouring drinks into customers' mouths. One character um, got up on the counter, one barman, and he was pouring whiskey into people's mouths. Of course, no one's supposed to be near a bar counter in the first place. And then there was another worker behind the counter that had no mask on at all. Uh, some One of many, actually. Some workers not wearing face masks, masks. Social distancing went out the window, apparently. So the licensed vintners and the VFI are freaking out over this reckless behaviour, the outrage over the video of the bar's boozy lunch um, posted on the day. And uh, it just rocketed and people were just raging about it. And imagine none more so than the pubs that can't open at all. Um, Now, the Irish Times this morning says that Neffet are considering further restrictions. I have an idea. I have no idea what the restrictions might be. I really and truly don't. Um, You know, I imagine if you guys have any ideas to what they're going to announce later today, get in touch with me. Text 0868104106. But Sam McConkey. Professor at the Royal College of Surgeons says that Ireland, you know, the low number of COVID-19 patients in intensive care and also the fact that we're, we're, we're reporting zero deaths at the moment, he's saying that will change because of the positive cases and the carry on of some people, unfortunately, in pub and club settings. He's saying that uh, all that needs to happen is for it to get back into nursing homes. And that to me is a real wake-up call, I have to say. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Michael McNamara, the TD, has come out and came out yesterday and the papers pick up on it today, defending Michael Cawley from Falcher Ireland. He says that he didn't actually breach any travel advice, um, arguing that the measures not to travel overseas are not compulsory. But it's, of course, the message that it gives. Um, like, Michael McNamara, the TD, is describing it as hysteria, uh, but the chairman of Falcher Ireland 
had to go because of the job that he had as Falter Ireland spend big money at the moment asking to people to go for it and holiday in Ireland and then their chief goes off to Italy. I've no reason uh, I, I've no reason to doubt that the, the man thought you know he was you know doing the right thing at the time and now said it was the wrong thing. Uh, I've no idea as to why he went or what it was all about but of course for somebody in a position like that and a body promoting staycationing the chief really needs to lead by example. Um, uh, also, I have to say um, that back in the news again is um, Joshua Allen because he uh, is reported in the mail yesterday and the star pick up on it this morning. Uh, the convicted drug dealer uh, is back in trouble with the law just uh, the second time in a month. Joshua Allen out on temporary release from prison after he was caught with 22 grams worth of, car- of cocaine in 2018. He was arrested on Wednesday evening for allegedly failing a roadside drug test in uh, County Cork. He was searched by Gardaí on July 10th and was found to have a small quantity of cocaine in his possession. And then last week, uh, he allegedly failed a, a drug test when his car was stopped. Now, Gardaí confirmed that a man had been arrested in the incident but didn't name Joshua Allen, but the star has confirmed that it was his, him, and that's why the papers pick up on it today. Mind you, the Cork papers don't, but the but the Red Tops do. And then you heard that bizarre story from West Cork where the guards are investigating an unusual incident where an elderly man approached a young child on a street in Clonakilty, bent down and licked the face of the youngster, and the mother raised the alarm after the bizarre incident and the guards arrived. Uh, and then yet another racist attack, and I was playing for you the audio out of Galway on Friday, uh, of a woman who was called the N-word repeatedly over and over again. She ca- captured it on video. Of course, the one out of Dublin is a young Chinese woman who was literally thrown into the canal. Uh, and the guards now apparently have identified the theme, the teen thug, I should say, behind the attack. Um, and that story makes all of the papers today. She was called all sorts of horrible names, actually, many of them COVID-related. And when she challenged them, one guy apparently took a running lunge at her and pushed her into the canal. Uh, hard to believe, isn't it? Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. And on a lighter note, TV-wise, if you liked Tiger King, then apparently Netflix have secured the rights to Tiger King 2. You'd think that it was a told, done deal, wouldn't you? But apparently not. There's another series of it. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. And their lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. Another Cork pub, of course, had to close recently over the, the, the past few days and had to do another deep clean and open again. You can't blame pubs for this, incidentally, because they have no control over who's testing positive. They're doing all of the right things. But when it's brought to the pub's attention, they then close. They go into deep clean mode for a couple of days and they open again and no more can be done than that. But with regards to the carry-on at Berlin D2, um, these are the kind of messages, of course, uh, that you don't want to see, particularly people who are playing ball uh, and also the three and a half thousand pubs that can't open at all and they see this kind of carry-on look like a kind of a late-night, Friday-night or Saturday-night club activity, even though technically there was only something like 50 people inside. It was a, it was a private gig. But it looked awful. It really and truly looked absolutely awful. And when you think about uh, the numbers that we've had Friday, we had 70 uh, testing positive. Sorry, 67 testing positive. On Saturday then, 
we had a big spike uh, of 200. Uh, and then yesterday, I think the number came in at about, about 60, I believe. But Saturday was a, a real worry. I don't know whether it was a re- rogue figure. They, these, the numbers are all over the place. But I just said I'd touch base with Dr. Nick Flynn uh, from mycorkgp.ie. And he joins me by phone ahead of a couple of appointments at half past nine. Thanks for squeezing me in there, Nick. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, so, so Saturday was a real shocker, wasn't it? it was, now, look, thankfully, nobody's dying. At least not yet, and thankfully numbers in ICU are down. But Sam McConkey is saying this is going to change. Would you agree with him? Well, if, if the numbers, uh, if the total numbers increase, of course, then the number of people who are vulnerable to becoming sick with the with the illness will increase, and we will see hospital admission rates uh, start to decline again, we, and we will see ICU figures start to decline. So I think I think that as, as well as the total number of uh, COVID infections. We, we need to still keep an eye on the hospital admissions and the ICU admissions. And when if they're starting to climb, it's, it's really alarm bells. In, in some ways, Neil, the, the 200 uh, cases on Saturday was not unexpected. Disappointed, disappointing, but not unexpected. Uh, we, we, they are following a number of clusters in in the Midlands, and the, I suppose when you're contact tracing the clusters and when the the, the, the outbreaks are, uh, I suppose related to certain workplaces. So those 200 then would be a lot of tracing from meatpacking yeah. plants and processing plants, yeah. Yeah, and, and the important number to kind of to validate that is the percentage of community transmission. So 25% of that 200, uh, so 50 cases of community transmission, so 50 out of the 200 were not, uh, they were not able to identify where, the, where those 50 people got the infection, but the, but the other 150, they were able to say, look, it was associated with a cluster or in a very, very small number, it was associated with travel. But I've been following the COVID tracker app and unfortunately not a whole lot of people check in every day, only like maybe 20%. Uh, but it's gone now to down to zero symptoms. You know, for, for a few weeks there, it was 2%, then 1%, and now zero. I mean, is there any room to be optimistic at all? Like, tell me, what is the story in Cork hospitals like? ICU or people who are in hospital yeah. beds? So, so I, I, I don't have the week to weekend figures, but I do know that there was uh, very low numbers in hospitals and I don't think in the Cork hospitals over the last week or two. And I don't think we had any ICU admissions. There's certainly very few ICU admissions over the last week or two uh, from, from COVID-19. But that's not that's not a reason for complacency. Look, that's, I, I suppose, due to the collective efforts that, that we, we, we have done reasonably, reasonably well. But I sure, Neil, I mean, you look at what's happening in the, in the Midlands, you know, if, we, if we're complacent at all, we, we could have clusters in Cork that, 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 would, that could create significant uh, outbreaks and our, our Cork numbers could rise. So we need to keep up our enthusiasm for what we've been asked to do personally. Yeah, yeah. well, Ronan Glynn is saying um, the kind of reckless behaviour we saw at the weekend is seriously bad news he said some people are undermining the efforts of the majority and he says just because we're fed up and tired of it doesn't mean it hasn't gone away no, no. The, pand- the, the pandemic is still with us, and, and the virus hasn't changed. I think even, even more significant was the commentary from the, the nurse federation. I mean, there was clearly kind of disappointment and even despair in, in their statement. I mean, two weeks ago we were looking for would the polls reopen or not. Uh, and the publicans, and I, I think in you know, a lot of ways, understandably felt hard done by that their businesses were being targeted. And then you have like uh, a, a pub in Dublin, and that's the behaviour in the pub. Like not what anybody wants to see. Very disappointing. This is very disappointing for all for everybody in the country that's been making sacrifices. You know that stayed at home from their jobs for months, that didn't go on holidays. You know for the healthcare staff who put themselves in in, in, in the line of this virus, 
and, and then for all that effort to be disregarded in that way and, and so blatantly disregarded was very disappointing. Well, it's interesting with regards to the, the Berlin D2 as to whether this should be sent to the DPP or whether that pub should be just closed. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm not sure the process that the RD would have to follow, but there have been calls for, for prosecutions to be made, and I think it didn't open yesterday. So um, I, I'm not sure what thought the process there would be, but, but certainly I mean, that, that kind of behaviour cannot be tolerated. So whatever the process for the Gardaí to take to, to, to ensure that it doesn't need, needs to occur, really. You mentioned there in passing, you are, you are a medic, of course, and perhaps have no opinion on this, but I'll ask it nonetheless with regards to Michael Cawley's situation of Fall to Ireland, the head of those promoting tourism in Ireland going on holidays in Italy. Your thoughts? Again, I think, again, disappointing. I think a poorly advised decision. Um, you know, Italy is on is on the green list. So would you think that that maybe is a safer uh, option than, than, than going to other countries? But I think with the position that he has, I think it was disappointing. But I think, having said that, it is on the green list. And I'm sure that he'll make a statement himself in that regard. When the hell are we going to get out of all of this? Or are we looking at... Like, what do you, what do you think Neffet will recommend this afternoon? I think we'll have, we'll have more of the same. I, I don't think we're going to have any more stringent lockdown, any more stringent measures than we have. I think we'll be reminded that it is now down to personal responsibility. That responsibility goes from the individual with, with, our, with our habits, with our you know, washing hands and keeping our distance and wearing our masks, to the collective where we limit our contacts and don't meet in big groups, you know, to back to the individual when if you have any symptom that might be COVID-19 that you self-isolate and contact your GP and arrange testing. I think it's to get those messages home and drill them home is the important things and the most important things that we can do uh, to, to limit the spread of the virus. And then to look t- towards the future, I mean, there are three or four vaccines now that are I suppose, in stage three of clinical trials and hope that one of those produces a meaningful result. When would that be, though? When would we actually be able to get a vaccine? I mean, you are right, the Russians have just announced one, but that could be early next year, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be six months before there's, like, even in targeted groups, be it healthcare professionals or be it, you know, the vulnerable groups, I'd say it'll be six months at the earliest before we have any kind of mass vaccination programme. And that would be everything going well, so it could be longer. OK. Do you see the schools still on target for opening in the next 10 days? I think it's very difficult for them, yeah. I think it's very difficult. I think that they will, I think they will open because of the political will and momentum that's behind, behind that. But, uh, I, I, again, the whether the, the policies that they have in place are going to be suitable and are going to be enough to, 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 to stop clusters in schools. I think, I think it's inevitable that we will have clusters in schools and then we need to learn to manage that in the same way that we're managing the meat factories and man, 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 managing the mushroom plants. So it's, it's just going to be a, a fact of life that there will be clusters associated with schools. That's, that's very worrying because if there were clusters in, say, secondary schools uh, where you have teenagers meeting their grandparents or those that have health issues, we're back to square one again then, aren't we? Yeah, it's best to be very careful, but I mean the the, the the path that we picked was containment or sustained suppression, which means that we do tolerate a low level of virus in the community and that we trust our test rates and isolate the system that we can, you know, I identify where the virus is and stop it spreading and like as, again, as you can see in, 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 the, uh, in the meat factories and, and the other settings where we, are, where we have seen clusters, I mean the schools will be no different here, you know, so there, there will be schools that need to close for two weeks, there will be schools, you know, that have to do contact tracing, so that will happen.
Yeah, but we've trashed the economy. In fact, pretty much every country in the world has trashed their economy. I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would it not make more sense now to just mind those that are most vulnerable, very much mind them, and let everybody else get on with their lives, even if they get a dose of COVID, they'll survive it? Yeah, I, 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 the, the issue with that, Neil, is just how can you absolutely do that? I think that that requires the collective responsibility, and in lots of ways, I suppose that 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 is what we're what we're doing. I mean, we're asking people to to try and limit the spread of the virus from person to person as much as possible by giving them that advice. And and I suppose the only difference between that and what you were saying is that we would ask those who are most vulnerable to cocoon again, and I, I'm not sure that from the mental health of those people involved, that 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 would be a, a feasible option. Okay, so steady as you go then, just the way it steady is. As you go, yeah. Okay, yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for taking okay, the call. Much you. obliged. Nick Flynn, GP, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. text 86 I wonder what the vintners make uh, of the carry-on. This is, of course, the 3,500 that aren't allowed to open at all when they see yet more video footage of people misbehaving and just not following the protocols. Berlin D2 on Saturday with staff pouring shots of whiskey into customers' mouths, workers not wearing face masks and distancing measures literally thrown out the window. It looked absolutely appalling. Michael O'Donovan is the Cork City Chairperson of the Vintners, joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Obviously, you've seen the video and you must have read quite an amount of the footage in the papers and online. What do you make of it? Oh, Neil, I think for those, the, the three and a half thousand pubs across the country that are still closed, I think this was a major kick in the guts, I think, on uh, on Saturday night, and I suppose especially coming on Saturday after we had run such a successful support, not sympathy campaign across the country to see this video coming out at eight, nine o'clock Saturday night. Um, it's, 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 look, it's just indefensible what, what the scenes in those videos. Yeah, the, the owner of the pub, who has many other pubs actually and, and clubs as well, Jay Burke, says it was only 20 seconds of madness and he apologises for it he says he's embarrassed and mortified their young staff it just you know, got caught up in the moment but he looked at four hours of the video and the rest of it was hunky dory yeah unfortunately neil it was 20 seconds too much and um, like the guidelines are there for all to follow the uh there was a number of breaches in in that 20 seconds and unfortunately it only takes that 20 seconds uh for for, for the negativity and everything to come out. So, um, look, what, what happened was deplorable. It, it, and, look, I suppose we, from a vintner's viewpoint, we would be hoping that uh, the full rigours of the law be brought upon this premises because um, they're doing our trade no favours. And, like, it's really difficult for the 3,500 pubs that are closed to be viewing videos like that. Well, it must be for a responsible publican, he or she who is closed, to hear of a crowded party at this bar which also operates a restaurant, that's why it was able to open, with a live DJ performing, trays of shots being carried across a packed dance floor and customers spitting booze on the floor. Um, it was completely over the top, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Look, it's, as I said, Neil, it's indefensible. You can't defend um, the images that were on that video. So, look, it's, we'd be hoping that... Uh, as I said, they've been nearly made an example of so that the pubs across the country would follow the guidelines and adhere to what's in the, the NEFIS, the public health advice. What, what was the campaign about, support not sympathy? What did you mean by that? 
Um, I suppose, look, Neil, we've come to a stage now where on Saturday the pubs of Ireland are five months closed. Um, I suppose where we've decided that uh, government, after the last cabinet meeting, Michal Martin said, you know, he's great sympathy for the pubs of Ireland. But unfortunately, sympathy don't pay the bills. Um, all the pubs still have outgoings in that our, our insurance is still being paid. Um, some are still paying, say, for their, um, their broadband and They've continuous outgoings, bills, even though the pubs are closed. So at this stage, we're asking the government for a support package for our sector because the summer is now gone. Um, a lot of pubs that haven't been open uh, will struggle in the winter because they won't have any cash reserve built up. So we need to look after these people. Uh, we need to look after the pubs. Um, if we don't, uh, there's a great fear that come next February, March, a lot of pubs won't be in a position to reopen. And the, and a lot have already closed for good in rural Ireland. For those of us that spend any time visiting West Cork and Kerry, we see them. Um, and saw another site at the weekend with all of the bar furniture and counters and fixtures and fittings being torn out of a pub that really was doing pretty okay before all of this. Don't you think, though, that any chance in the short term of getting open again has been totally scuppered now by the carry-on in Dublin? Yes, look, Neil, it, it, it definitely doesn't help our campaign and it definitely doesn't help, um, I suppose, us trying to get open on the 31st of August. I suppose if we're realists looking at the figures for the last uh, couple of days, I think it would be difficult as we stand here today to see us opening on the 31st of August. Um, and like I suppose we've taken note that the PUP payments and different payments have been extended until the 17th of September. So I think if we're if we're realists, I think we're we're looking towards that date as opposed to the 31st of August, unfortunately. Yeah, because you know you heard of like Madeleine's had to close for a few days. Somebody tested positive, they had to go into a deep clean. I heard yeah. over the weekend of another satellite town pub having to close and go into a deep clean because of another positive case. You understand the potential risk in pubs? Look, we, we do understand the potential risk, but look, I suppose the one thing that we will say is pubs, uh, like, okay, it's only 35% of the pubs are open uh, since uh, since the end of June, but like they're, they're still to this date, and even uh, Dr. Ronan Glenn, the, the acting chief medical officer, pointed out there's still no direct link back to a pub uh, where people have um, picked up uh, COVID-19 in a pub because we are operating under guidelines, um, look, there are pubs that have broken the guidelines and we've been very, I suppose, firm in saying any pub that does break the guidelines should have the full rigours of the law brought down on them. But the vast majority of pubs have uh, operated uh, to a very high level. And um, and look, thankfully, there's still been no case traced back to any pub open because we are a highly regulated industry. We're used to operating following regulations. So it's it's I suppose it's good so far to see that we haven't had any direct link of the case to a pub. All right. OK, listen, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Let's see what Neffert have to recommend today and we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Michael O'Donovan from the Vintners on Lee side. Your thoughts are welcome on that and lots more besides. Text 086 8104 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851 Red FM. Yes, indeedy. Thank you so much. Somebody texted me there a correction with regards to the uh, copy that I read of from the Star this morning um, associated with uh, Joshua Allen. You are absolutely right. The copy that I read out from the Star is incorrect. It says he was caught with €22,000 of cocaine in 2018. Thank you, whoever you are. I'm glad you picked up on it. It was €22,000 worth of cannabis, so the, the Star have that wrong. 
Um, and uh, he's back in, in the news again, sadly, for all the wrong reasons, with another allegation involving uh, the middle of last week. man arrested in an incident not named. The Guardian confirms that it was him. Um, he was stopped while out with pals in Middleton um, in July, and he was then found to have had a small quantity of cocaine in his possession. But on the other occasion, which was Wednesdays, that was also in Middleton, where um, he man was stopped and drug tested, and he failed that drug test. So happy to clarify that with regards to the 2018 uh, case. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 I do from time to time check in with people overseas. And last week with uh, all of the events in, in Australia, particularly in the, the Melbourne area, I did a catch-up down there. And of course, we've been following the news in America with regards to our different lists of where you can and can't travel. And America will probably be on at this stage a, a world red list, but it's having devastating effects. I was reading a lot about about New York uh, over the past four or five days. Perhaps you were following it as well, where uh, many people are literally leaving New York now. And uh, they kind of did some case history studies of people who recently bought apartments or took out business loans and stuff like that, only to find the city absolutely devastated. Apparently, by and large, it's like a ghost town. And much of the problem now as a result of that has been crime. So um, over the weekend, uh, at a suitable nighttime, um, prearranged time, I caught up with Tom McCarthy, Corkman, with a couple of different pub restaurants in New York City. We just caught up again for the latest update. Tom McCarthy in New York, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm well, and it's been a while since we last spoke. Um, and lo and behold, an awful lot has happened. Water under the bridge. Are the, can I ask you first, are the bars and restaurants and social life in New York, primarily Manhattan. Is it anywhere back to normal? Oh, not even close. Not even close. Um, there's so many bars not opened because they don't have the capability of having outdoor dining. And like, just to give an example for us, like in Smithfield, we'd have 36 tables indoors, and with outdoor, we've only eight. So like most of our customers can't even come near the place. And a lot of them are not comfortable to come in, into bars yet anyway. Yeah. Like I spoke to a few regulars and they said, look, Tom, we love to come. We love to watch a game, but we're just not comfortable with coming into the city yet. So and you I can understand what they're saying. You know? Yeah, and probably the same could be said if the pubs were to open here, you know, for just regular drinking. So you're saying to me that pubs and restaurants are open if they wish to, but they can only serve outdoors or is that just bars outdoors? It's just all bars they can open, but they only outdoor only. There's no indoor dining, indoor drinking, and they have, um, you know, the, the the state liquor authority has its agents roaming the city morning, noon, and night, checking on bars, restaurants that they're, you know, everybody's obeying the rules. And I also saw that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that people are calling out pubs on social media that aren't wearing masks or that you know aren't playing ball, and their licenses have been taken off them. Well, so far, now, uh, as of this morning, I read there's 132 bar restaurants after being closed in New York in the last since since the reopening, um, and they're all not doing social distancing, not wearing the masks, um, not sitting at a table. Uh, originally, when the, the the bars opened very first day, you were allowed to have a drink, but then a few weeks after that, Cuomo came back and said, "No, you can have a drink, but you also have to order food." And is there a limit? So is there is there a price on the food? Like in Ireland, it's nine euro here. No, there's no price limit, but it has to be, as he says, a substantial meal. So he's he even mentioned that you can't just go to the bar and have a beer and wings. Like you'd have to order a burger, fries, you know, fish and chips. You'd have to order something like that. You just can't have a snack. And is it being abused? Is there a time limit? For instance, it's 105 minutes here. 
No, there's there's no time limit on it, and it's not really abused because, like most of my day business with the sports, and um, people tend to have a beer, you know, a burger and a couple of beers anyway, so they they are being covered. And then the nighttime crew that come in to watch nighttime games, they always tend to eat to have a burger and a couple of beers, so it's not been abused. And is it a fair question to ask you whether you'll survive it, whether the two bars, their substantial properties, will you survive it? Um, I don't know will two survive it. One might, but I don't think two will. Uh, Long Acre at the moment is closed. Uh, like There's so much construction going on at 47th Street, it's just not feasible to open. In the long run, Long Acre would be the better of the two to open, just for the simple reason of where the location is, yeah, uh, with Times Square, the Broadway shows. Um, but even, to be honest, I don't even think I'll open uh, Long Acre till January anyway, because the Broadway shows are gone. The Christmas Spectacular, you know, the Christmas Tree, the Radio City Musical, they're all gone. There's nobody back at um, any of the offices, and they're not talking till maybe early January. So luckily, I kind of have a good relationship with the landlord, so he's leaving me alone. How long that would last, I'm not sure, but for now, I'm, yeah. I'm good. Well, it must lead to a lot of anxiety and stress, though. Oh, it's unbelievable because, like, you know, you feel bad for, I have, like, nearly 80 employees between the two places, and it's just hard that you can't help them. There's only so much you can do. You're trying to spread out whatever little shifts they got, but it's just hard, you know? I know, I know. Listen, that's the way it is, I suppose. We're just all living through it. Are you aware of the international perception of America? They're going to be on a red list in, in Ireland where very, very shortly nobody will be allowed to fly into Ireland from America. Um, Brazil is number two, but are you aware of the red status? Yeah, absolutely. Because to be honest, we're, I'm supposed to be in Cork right now. Um, like every year, I go, you know yourself, I go over every year. Yeah. Um, it's hard that we can't, you know, and God forbid if anything happens. So clearly you're obviously missing, you're missing family then because this would be a time when you'd have been home and they're, and they're missing you. The best you can do is Skype and, uh, and, uh, and WhatsApp and stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. We lost without it. Yeah, but what about the numbers, though? Um, are they starting to back off in America? I mean, it was f- over 5 million cases, 165,000 dead. Uh, they are still high in the country, but New York seems to be uh, backing down a bit. Uh, like, our numbers here have been very low the last couple of weeks. But there has been a little spike in Brooklyn yesterday. There was 30. 30- 300 people tested and 248 came back positive. So there's a little spike over there. So they're investigating what was going on over there. They reckon it could be the street parties, house parties and stuff like that are later night. There's you know? so many similarities the weather, here, the, yeah, yeah. The, the weather is so good here, Neil, that everybody's out in the street. You know, they're, they're sick of being cooped up in the apartment. So they're, they're getting out, you know, when a bunch of people get together, it leads to drinking. And Yeah, I know. And are they all wearing masks now? Is that mandatory? Uh, not mandatory. Uh, you don't wear masks on the street, even though a lot of people are. Yeah. But every store you go into, every bar you go into, you wear a mask. Like, for instance, you go to the bar, you get seated. Once you're seated, you can take your mask off. If you go to the bathroom, you put the mask back on. Yeah, yeah. We seem to be singing off the same same hymn sheet. What about Trump, though? Are, are people getting very fed up? You know, he with regards to COVID-19, his tantrums. The latest one now involves Camilla Harris, Mike Pence's running mate. You across that? Oh yeah, I mean, but then again, it depends what news news network you're watching. You know, if you look at CNN, it's going to be anti-Trump. If you watch Fox, it's going to be pro-Trump. And um, Camilla Harris, I don't know why he chose her. Like six months ago, she didn't like Joe Biden. She he, she called him a racist, and you know, 
Sleepy I don't know. Joe. I don't think it was that. I don't know if that was a good pick. Honestly, I can't see Trump being beaten. Really? No, I don't. I don't get political, but uh, I can't see Trump being beaten. Before the virus started, the states was booming. Everybody was working. The country was absolutely booming. Trump says stupid things. He tweets those stupid things. But at the end of the day, he's a businessman and he gets the job done. But, 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 the, but the, the world perception is that he was asleep at the wheel with regards to coronavirus. Well, I don't think he was. He was the one that shut off China, stopped the people coming from China. Okay. Joe Biden said it was a bad idea that we should have kept them going. So, you know, I don't think Trump is there. Honestly, I don't think he's a bad president. Have the schools reopened? No, not yet, but they are talking about it here in Long Island that you have a choice that you can do. You can do it from home till January. If not, you can send your kids in every second day at the school and spread out over different times. From when? The 8th of September. Right. Okay. Okay. And you think are are parents apprehensive about sending kids? Yeah, well, my wife, Viv, you know, she's on one of the forums on Facebook. And, you know, it, it's like 50-50. Some people want to send them in. Some people don't. Um, you know, I, I think I think our kids are better off going to school because they'll never, they never learn anything at home because they're, right. they're, there's yeah. too, many, uh, too many distractions. Too many distractions. You know? I know, I know, I know. That's true. I'm just wondering as well. You've been sending me a lot of clips and a lot of um, short videos. Has there been an increase? In, has there been a spike in crime in New York? Oh, Neil, I, I hate saying it, but, like, I won't say any later than 9 o'clock in the city. Like, I'll get out of the city no later than 9 o'clock. Why? Um, like, i give an example. On Saturday, there was the 1,000 person was shot in New York City. This time last year, there was 446. So it's up to doubling in crime. It's, you know, uh, the, I read something as well last night that the Mayor is spending $2 million a night on keeping homeless people in hotels in the city. But the thing is, they're, they're not all homeless. Like a lot of these, a lot of these fellas are criminals from Rikers Island that were left off. Yeah. Are let out. And they're just causing havoc. It's like, it's like you've been to New York many times. It's not, it's not pleasant to walk down the streets. Does it, does you it just, yeah, does it, does it, does it, does it, feel, does it tense feeling in the air, you know? So a lot of prisoners were left out early and many of them were dangerous, were they? Well, absolutely. There was a, there was a thing that happened last week. A guy was accused of rape and they left him out the next day and he went back to the woman and he stabbed her to death. Good God. Does it I make, you, does it make you... Sorry, go ahead. I got a call yesterday from a detective in the 13th precinct and he said the, the, the new hotel up the street that opened up for me, he said there was a serious assault there on Sunday night where some guy was nearly beaten to death. And they wanted to look at my cameras to see if the guy who done it ran past the bar. Amazing, isn't it? Does it make you rethink is, staying there? Ah, uh, well, I'm here now thirty years. You know, I, 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 my life is here now. I know. Like New York, New York is a great city. It's just we're going through a bad patch. You know, that's all it is. Like I'm sure by by January, if we'll be back to where we were. Fingers you know, crossed. Hope the country be booming again. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, please God, because. Because like before then, before all this virus stuff, like I, New York is one of the safest big cities in the world. And are Americans now staycationing? Is that the case? A bit like the Irish? Yeah, well, that's all they can do. Like there's an awful lot of states now that are barred from coming to New York. Like for instance, you, I can't go to Florida. I can't go to Maine. I can't go to Rhode Island. 
Um, well, I can go, but it means I have to get two-week quarantine when I come back. Yeah, yeah. So recently, now, I've just been going around New York State, you know. Same is happening and here, where people are discovering their own country again. It's great. Like, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. You go two hours out of New York City, and it's like a whole different state. Like, New York is New York, Manhattan. Like, I went to Lake Placid, uh, upstate New York last week. Like, if you ever heard of Lake Placid, it's where the U.S. Olympic team um, they practice for the Winter Olympics. Yeah. But it's it's also, if you ever saw the movie Miracle, it's the arena where USA beat Russia in the semifinals for the, the gold medal. Wow. Where the Russians, were, the Russians were meant to be the best team in the whole world. They were like robots, but the Americans beat them. But it, it, it's, it's absolutely a fantastic, beautiful area, beautiful lake, beautiful villages. And I look at Olympics in a whole different light because I went up to the top of the, the ski jump and you're allowed, to st- you're allowed to stand and look down where they jump. I'm telling you, these boys have some guts, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> With that beautiful picture, I'm going to let you go. You've described it very well. Incidentally, it's just like here. Many people are traveling to West Cork and to Kerry and up the west of Ireland and even into the north. And northerners are coming down south. I suppose it's the only positive thing we can say about COVID for now. Exactly, exactly. Enjoy it while you can. All right, my man. Stay safe. We'll talk but soon. Listen, but before you go there, will you mention that Brenda, Brenda's the only person I know from Ballydesmond. Until last <laughs> week, until until last week, a friend of mine rented a house out in the Bronx, and he was rent, he, he was renting it from a woman called Greta from Ballydesmond. Greta. <laughs> She'll know I Greta, like, I guarantee you. <laughs> You're the only other person I know from Ballydesmond. She'll love to hear that. She really and truly will. She'll <laughs> be beaming go. with pride. Mind yourself, Tom. <laughs> Cheers. All right, Neil. All the best. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Ah, yes. I'm just watching some very interesting Trump texts come in there following my conversation with Tom. Bring them on, lads. I love to see that. I'll come back to them after 10 text 086 can I just say for fear of forgetting I met three lovely girls in Port McGee yesterday that were down enjoying the sunshine and a little bit of staycationing as they say and Ludzik Jackie and Mary lovely to meet you I hope you're having a good day today I know you're listening down there this morning uh, Anne Ludzik's a lovely woman uh, and apparently worked with my mam many years back so lovely to meet you yesterday in fact when you told me your name I remembered it because my mam had mentioned your name over the years so lovely to meet you Morning Neil more scaremongering and fear I see being put out there we need to continue to open up the economy more people will suffer from suicide and depression if we're locked down again or more restrictions are reinstated it was actually refreshing to hear the TD Michael McNamara yesterday too much hysteria out there from doctors who don't live in the real world I know the point you're making and to some extent what the TD was trying to say on one hand why have a green list of countries of which Italy was on it but then tell people not to travel when people are going on holidays overseas I know all of that but I suppose the optics of it from a government point of view as the boss of Fall to Ireland uh, and they're spending huge money in Fall to Ireland trying to encourage people to holiday at home. It, it was an argument that he was never going to win if he'd battened down the hatches and he was told, you know, and tried to stay in his job. He was told either resign or you'll be sacked. Do you know what I mean? Um, the reason another person says that Americans aren't travelling overseas is because 85% of Americans don't have a passport. Um, and then with regards to the Dublin Bar, wow, what a nation of touts and whingers we've become. How dare those people in Berlin D2 have fun? Don't they realise the Puritans are in charge of the country? 
Interesting perspective on it. Thank you, Paddy. COVID or no COVID, that behaviour was unacceptable. Uh, is that how we educate our youth to carry on, says Kieran? Asked Michael O'Donovan from the Vintners, does he think there is a hidden agenda to close the pub trade down and replace them uh, with pubs only doing food? Um, I think ultimately for pubs to survive long term, they will have to embrace and incorporate food as much as possible because people's drinking habits uh, are changing. Uh, They really and truly are. Uh, People cannot socially distance after consuming a lot of alcohol, Neil. It's obviously the greedy VFI want pubs to open, but you really must put public health matters first. Keep all pubs closed indefinitely. Gary says, get real. They should be closed, closed, closed. Ridiculous rant over. Most pubs are open and not serving food. I was in a pub in uh, the north side of Cork on Saturday, didn't buy any food and it was jammed. Can't come on air because I won't get back in there. Yeah, I know. Well, you hear those stories too. Um, hi guys, I was in Dungarvan yesterday. I sat outside a pub restaurant and had lunch. Staff not wearing any face coverings, tables not being cleaned after use. On walking through to the ladies, there was about two feet max between the tables. Again, staff inside, no face masks, one small hand sanitizer on a shelf inside the, pr- the front door. No signage anywhere. That's interesting. I mean, what in the name of God would ever happen if a, if a guard ever visited that pub, a pub restaurant? My daughter and her friends were in Secret Garden Saturday night and they were told that they could not record anything on their phones at all in there. There was no way that there was social distancing behaving properly. They stayed for their food and just left after it. Um, uh, we've been endeavouring to contact and have a chat with the people from... Uh, from Secret Garden for quite some time now. We're having no luck with it, but that's not the first time I've heard of um, you know, security staff telling people, don't video in here. In regards to the behaviour in the pub, we were told originally you had to be in someone's company for 15 minutes to contract the virus. This video showed a 20-second clip. The witch hunt is now on, um, but it's just sensationalism. Have the guidelines now changed, or are we just being fed a constant drip of propaganda? You might want to look at the amendment to the Health Act, especially 38, regarding removing or detaining your kids when they return to school and of any signs of COVID symptoms. Uh, That is as much a worry um, to me than anything else. Non-stop propaganda. Don't know about removing the kid, but what I am told is if your son or daughter coughs, I mean, it's weird really, but if your son and daughter coughs when they go back to school, they have to leave the school for a fortnight um, to isolate or quarantine at home. I mean, what's interesting about that is surely you'll have kids who don't like school coughing just to be able to get out for a fortnight, don't you think? And then Anthony's very annoyed. He said, you just made a horrendous comment and you should retract it immediately. You stated to Dr. Nick Flynn that we should, that we have trashed, I said, we've trashed the economy. Most countries in the world have trashed their economies now. And And you said that the most vulnerable Uh, should be minded, and the rest of us should get on with it. How do we know if we're in either of the groups, vulnerable or healthy? Healthy people that have contracted this horrible disease now have long-term health problems because this disease knows no bounds. You yourself could catch it, Neil, says Anthony. Thank you for your contribution, Anthony, as always. Text 086-8104-106. Oh, you stopped in your tracks very quickly when Tom was praising the racist president Sorry, you stopped Tom in his tracks very quickly when he was praising the racist President Trump. Bravo, Neil. No, I did not. I did not, indeed. He had made the point and moved on to the next one. There's another person then who was texting with regards to, to Trump and comments on Trump. Your caller um, 
from actually your old your old oh, the screen is moving hang on let me just get that your old sorry I can't see that let me see if I can get your old Trump derangement syndrome was thrown back in your face there champ maybe you should branch out uh, where you're getting your news from says Richie and Toker so two different points of view there as to I mean maybe Richie thinks that I'm anti-Trump and others think that I'm pro-Trump I'm kind of neither really you know to be quite honest with you um, but Tom McCarthy certainly is a Trump fan because he's living there and working there and sees the benefit of uh, Trump as president over the recent years. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. All right, so many texts and emails from recent conversations. One of them last week, of course, involved being, uh, you know, the issue of whether or not people were uh, happy with their sons and daughters going back to school again. It's interesting because we did post... Um, uh, a survey on Twitter over the weekend and just under a thousand people responded to it. The question was, uh, are you happy with sending your children back to school during COVID-19? And it came in as 61% of people said yes, they were happy. 39% said no, they weren't happy. So that's pretty much 60-40. Close enough, actually. You know, I would have thought that the yes figure would have been much higher, but it came in at 61%. Whereas nearly 40% of people said they were unhappy. So I wonder how many of those 40% won't send their children back. Um, morning, Neil. I heard the principal of Colostia, Eamon Reish, talking about reopening the schools. Uh, he made a point regarding the Muslim faith. As a Muslim, I was very surprised to hear him say Muslim pupils will not use alcohol hand sanitizers. I'm a Muslim and I've never heard of this. Alcohol is allowed for cleaning and virus killing. I also work in a hospital with hundreds of Muslims of different nationalities and we all use alcohol rub. I think it's misleading to say that Muslims can't use alcohol to clean their hands. These pupils are obviously in a minority and do not represent the majority of Muslims. I think it would be more correct if the principal said some of my pupils do not wish to use alcohol rub instead of saying that all Muslims won't use it. I'm happy to clarify that. uh, But in fairness, I will say that, you know, Aaron Wolf is a damn good secondary school teacher. Uh, he's following all of the protocols to get the school reopened. If he misinterpreted something, I'm happy to correct it. We did say it to him, and he said he'd like to apologise for issuing the wrong information. He even wants to get in touch with the person who emailed the show to apologise personally. No more than that can you do. Dean is suggesting that it's Dublin should be put into lockdown. It's unfair on other counties struggling, says Dean in Charleville. And there's some sense in that, actually, because Dublin does not represent, or the carry-on in Dublin, or the population in Dublin, or the pubs and the super pubs in Dublin, does not represent rural Ireland, for instance. There's no comparison between one and the other. Like, I've looked at that video over and over, the 20-second clip where the barman is literally hanging off a pole up on the bar counter, and he is just pouring whiskey into people's mouths, um, and he's dancing and swinging like a pole dancer. I mean, it is completely over the top. It really and truly is. So keep the text coming on that. Text 0868104106. But just with regards to schools, Sylvia standing by, so hold on there. First up, Rachel, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Actually, Tom in New York says that. Uh, he said in his conversation with me that his kids need to go back to school because they're learning nothing at home. Your thoughts? Um, my my thoughts would be the same. My kids need to go back to school for their own mental well-being. We live in the countryside, so a lot of the times the schools are their way of getting together with friends. The gas back up, so they they're they're doing that at the moment. But I'm a little bit apprehensive because my feeling is um, schools will do what they need to do. No issues with that. 
for the most part, kids will do what they need to do. But if the schools find it hard to keep headlights out of the school, I'm just a little bit concerned about keeping COVID out of the school. Nothing on the, the schools. They'll put in the hand sanitizers. They'll do everything that's expected. But when you're talking about secondary school kids, you're talking about many adults that they will do what they feel they want to do. So I'm just a bit nervous. You mean that, that you mean that some that there'll be secondary school students who won't follow protocols, is it? Uh, but yeah, well, kids are going to be kids. Someone's going to touch their face. Kids are just going to be kids. I have a, ki- a child with asthma who every now and again will hold her breath to expel it if, if that were to spike as such, just for extra air. That could be considered a cough. What will happen then? They said that you some know? of the, the transference in the meat plants and processing plants was because these factories are so loud that a lot of the employees have to shout and by shouting, of course, maybe they spit and they, you're saying maybe that could be the yeah. same with kids. Yeah. I, I like, you know, I just feel you're talking teenage kids, you know, the, the, vice, the, the face mask will no doubt only be pulled down. It's just a normal, natural reaction for them. It might not be cool enough for them to wear a face mask, you know. Every, well, every Aaron Wolf is, is saying that they will have to wear face masks. I, I would hope so. I plan on my own kids, obviously, having face masks. I just, I'm just a bit concerned because a lot of the ownership is going to come down to the parents that they need to instill what the kids need to do. You see a lot of teenagers walking around, even in the city, with no masks on them. You know, they should oh, be getting... But, but they're outdoors. I know, but they're going to be going indoors. So even going indoors, there's no masks. I, you know, whether it's not a hip thing for them to be wearing, I don't know. But I'm just a bit nervous as in the fact that if they can't keep head lice under control, no disrespect to the, the, the schools because a lot of that is down to the ownership of parents. But how are we going to expect our teachers to keep COVID? So we, we did a survey on Twitter, 60-40 is the comeback on it, 61-39 to be accurate, 61% said they were happy. You'd be amongst the 39% unhappy no, then? No, absolutely not. No, I want my kids to go back to school. I need them to go back to school for their own mental well-being. For my own, I, I want But you're them to apprehensive? To Just a bit apprehensive. I think with every stage, with every phase of this pandemic, I've been a bit apprehensive and I think it's, it's good to be apprehensive. You need to be you need to know your surroundings. You need to know what's happening. But I'm a bit nervous. But listen, as time goes on, I'm sure it'll be a new, new for us. And as everyone says, but I'm just a bit apprehensive. That's all. All right. Appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. Siobhan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm mad interested in people's thoughts, um, particularly those <laughs> that believe that we need to move on, you know? Yeah, I just feel, I mean, obviously we've all been, you know, living on with this now since March and, you know, at the start, like everybody else, I was terrified. But you no know, deaths, we're having no deaths. No deaths at the moment. And I mean, I know people are worried about case numbers being up, but I genuinely think that a lot of those won't translate into hospitalizations, probably due to the age group. And, um, you know, that their numbers are low in hospital and in ICU. And I just worry that the whole focus on COVID-19 is taking away um, attention from lots of other problems we have in this country. Like every time you switch on the news or look on social media, it's completely obsessed with COVID-19. And I genuinely think there's so many other things are being ignored in the country that we, we need perspective. It yeah, but it, 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 a lot it, of people it, in March and April, but it isn't now. We need to move on. Yeah, but Sam McConkie is saying in the Times this morning um, that all that needs to happen is for these you know cases of 200 a day to go to 300 or 400 
And before you know it, it'll jump back into the nursing homes again and we'll have many, many deaths like we did before. Well, surely that we've learned enough about how to protect nursing homes at this stage. I mean, it was terrible what's happened and all the unnecessary deaths. But I mean, I would hope that lessons have been learned, you know. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other, he's just one expert as such. There's plenty of other people saying we're over the worst of this, you know, that the virus is weakening a bit um, and that it's lost its potency. We're going to have cases, of course we are, but we have to learn to live with this. You know, and I, I suppose, Neil, the whole thing is there hopefully will be a vaccine, maybe at some stage but um, if there isn't and even if the vaccine isn't like too successful uh, or if there isn't a high uptake on it like what's the get out plan because we can't you know keep the country on lockdown and restrictions forever. But in like, what way in what way is the country locked down I mean the schools will go back okay you can't go you shouldn't go on an overseas holiday I understand that but yeah other, but other... even other than the Even pubs, though. That, Neil, I mean, what's, you know, does anybody give a thought to the thousands of Irish jobs that are dependent on travel, tourism, hospitality, aviation, airlines, Cork Airport is on its knees. And, you know, I mean, this idea of shutting down travel to stop the virus is ridiculous. What we should have done is opened up to European Union countries like we we're meant to do on the 15th of June and implement stringent testing and quarantining like they do in other countries. Like, that's what we should have done. This idea of this idiotic green list or places like Greenland on it is is unsustainable. We can't carry on like that. And what are the what are the other problems that we face that we should be focusing on? I think there. I think the whole uh, this obsession with face masks. I disagree with your previous caller. I think um, we were doing really well with social distancing and hand hygiene. Um, I think this obsession with with face masks is idiotic because a lot of them don't work. I was just w- uh, watching there a replay of Dr. Carl Hennigan who addressed the Doll Committee on COVID um, there last week, and he was just talking. He's a um, specialist epidemiologist, and he said that. There is no strong scientific evidence to say that cloth masks work in the same way as surgical masks. And you have people that are just... But why say that, like? Why why say something like that? When, in layman's terms, if you wear a mask and cough um, or sneeze, that at least a proportion of your cough and sneeze will will be kept away from other people. I mean, sure, that's common sense. Yeah, but common sense will always also tell you that the virus is so minute that it will pass through the weave of a cloth and that's been proven. So I think we were doing really well with hand hygiene and distancing and it's interesting since masks came in that cases have gone up. So I think people need to use common sense. We got through the worst phase of this with a lot of people pulling together in the country and I think the whole mask debate is distracting us from common sense, distancing, keeping your social circles small, you know, all of those things and I think, to be honest, I mean there's an awful lot of people that aren't going to go shopping, in, you know, in town or anywhere else because they don't want all these restrictions. So I know myself I'm doing most of my shopping online and I will be until all these restrictions end. So, like, what effect is that having on retail? What and do you like, what do you dislike like about the retail? Having to wear a mask? Um, yeah, having to I queue can. to go I, in? I, yeah, I can't. I had to. I wore one now yesterday in Yisk and Yall, and I had to leave after five minutes because I was dizzy. So my husband went in and queued up and bought the stuff instead. He's okay with it. Um, so I personally can't. So I'm just avoiding it. So I'm just going to shop online, and my husband and son will get the groceries until this ends. But um, a lot of people feel like me, and they all, there's no joy, Neil. You can't browse. You can't try on clothes. There's you know arrows going around shopping centres. I mean, there's no fun in it anymore. So mm. lot, lot of people are switching online, and what 
effect is that having on retail? I think we have to be sensible. This virus is going to be around for a long time. Um, you know, we, we can deal with it sensibly and we can still have, uh, you know, a, a functioning economy because, you know, you might say the economy is opening up, but many businesses won't open up again, you know, and it does going to be, the fallout for this is, is going to last for years. So I really think that we need a sensible, non-hysteria, non-panic space, you know, approach to this. And I don't see any I don't see any hysteria myself. Like everything was it's everything... all over social media hysteria. But oh my god, the numbers are rising. We need another lockdown. We don't need another lockdown. A lockdown another lockdown is the last thing we need. You know, businesses are on their knees as it is. What we need is a sensible approach that can sustain us. You know, into next year when this virus isn't going anywhere in the short term. That's what I think. And I just a final thing I want to say, Neil. Like my parents are in their eighties, and you know we've all abided by all of the advice we were given with social distancing we didn't see them for weeks on end they were cocooning and now my, I was speaking to my mother yesterday and she's terrified about the rise in numbers and they're afraid to leave her house and I hate to see that you know I think it's very sad uh, yeah but I mean down here in Cork the numbers are tiny you know that big spike are, actually I, I said that to her to they, were, they were Midlands her. counties and many of them were associated with meat plants like everything yes, was yeah. we, we were doing just fine right and then of course we had uh, Club Piero down in Skull and that annoyed people the Michael yeah. Cawley story going overseas the head of Fulci Ireland annoys people and the pub in Dublin with your man swinging off the bar counter that's what it, that's, that's why and we're all back yeah. talking about it I mean believe me I would love to be talking about other things rather than COVID-19, but here we are. It's these different stories that, again, incense people and we're all back at it again, you know? Absolutely. But what about the people that are, have had treatments postponed? What about the people dying of suicide, cancer, heart attack, stroke? What about like the homelessness? You know, it, there's so many other things that are important in this country and they've seemed to be, to be taking a backseat really to COVID. I think that's a shame. I think the narrative needs to change now. I really do. Okay, you know? super oh, call. I do opinion. appreciate it. And All it's right, a super one. You. And thank you for it. Have a good day. Thank you, Siobhan. Appreciate that. Let me stay with phone lines. Uh, line one is Sylvia. Sylvia, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. Um, oh, we're back to, well, pubs, family pubs, right? Yeah, but not only family pubs. I wanted to highlight a campaign that was launched yesterday by the VSI. Support, not sympathy. Um, yeah, support, not sympathy. So yesterday what happened is that more than 3,500 pubs that are still closed took a picture outside their own pub with this sign, support, not sympathy. But not only, it was not only them, even other pubs and restaurants that are open they they actually took this picture and posted it online. So it was a, um, a very big success, um, this campaign. And I just wanted to highlight this because, you know, this, uh, the pubs are still closed. I mean, we keep going saying that if we open the pubs, then the COVID cases will go up and go up. But that, no one knows it because they, they haven't been open. They, they, no one has given them a chance to, to see if they can manage the situation, you know. Are you in the trade? Um, I, I I used to be in the trade. Okay. I used to be in the trade. Here in Ireland? In the trade, yeah. yeah, in Cork. Okay. In a big pub, small pub, family pub? Uh, well, I, I did Cork and Killarney Hotel and big pubs as well, yes. Yeah, so and while you're, while you're at pubs. it then, while you're at it then, would you allow 350 people to go to a wedding, for instance? What? Where there could be a free bar and, and all that kind of thing? No, we can't because there are the guidelines that they say no. No, but, but I mean, I'm asking you, would you also change those guidelines if you wanted the pubs to open 
Would we be allowed to have big part? Would we be allowed to have big weddings? Would you allow uh, indoor concerts and all that kind of stuff? No, in fairness, if if they if they, they tell us that we can't, but at least give it the chance to open with small numbers to see how the things go, and then get, get from there. You know, you don't need to start with big numbers. Like how many pubs in Cork they can they can have inside? 350 people. Few enough. Not yeah, that many. Yeah, half a and dozen. Yeah, but, but they are even open. The ones that they can have, their the, 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 the number, you were talking about the secret ground they're only on. That one is open. Yeah, yeah. They serve drinks and all the small pubs, even in, in the, you know, down in, in the county, you know, in... But you see, but you see, there's, the, there's just the worry. You brought up secret garden again and I've, I've kind of feel a bit weird about, you know, security staff telling punters, don't film anything in here, don't post it on social media. Like, why? What have you got to hide? But if there is anything to hide, and now it's not very hidden anymore if you're talking about it on the radio, why doesn't the Garda go there and do something? That perhaps they have. Perhaps there's nothing wrong there, but like maybe it's just perhaps. that uh, maybe with you know younger generation, they're a little more excitable. They maybe party, but having done that, they might also be excitable and partying with physical that, distancing. You know, that, that could, it could be that as well. But I'm talking about. But it would look also. differently on yeah, a video. Do you know what the way it is when you look at a video or a photograph and people look as if they're much closer than they actually are in real life? I don't know. But, yeah, but it's the same thing when you're in school, okay? You're in school and you, there is you and your classmates, okay? Maybe there is 30 of you. And because two or three don't behave well, so all the class doesn't behave. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about one or two places here. There is plenty of, of, of pubs that are still closed. I know plenty of people. I've, I've heard people telling me, I don't know if I'm going to reopen. Because I, I own maybe a year rent now. Six months. So on top of on top of a financial catastrophe, you're also talking about anxiety, stress, and depression. I'd imagine, but many of them. Yeah, um, unfortunately, yes, a lot of families will w- will not be able to to provide for their for their children. There have been already suicide cases, unfortunately. In the trade. Like, in the trade as well, yeah. In the trade as well, uh, and I I see a lot of friends of mine that they are bartenders, they are owners of pubs, and they just. They're just there. They don't even know what to do. Are they going to open? Are they not going to open? Do they need to find a new job? Do they need to? They don't know. Like, it, and it's not people that don't want to work. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about people that they want to live on the 350 because also they can't live on the 350. Come on now. We know how it is to live in Cork. 350 a week, it's not enough. It means that you're relying on, on someone else. So what do you do? You, you say open the three and a half thousand pubs um, and see how yeah. it goes and then close if it's unmanageable, is it? If it's unmanageable, okay. yes, but at least give them a chance. Don't keep going, pointing at them, saying you are the problem because we know that if we're going to open, the cases will go up again. And if it's needed, checks, regular police checks in the pubs. Okay. That's what I think that it should be. Okay, thank you for that. Appreciate you taking the call. Thank, thank you, you Sylvia. Much. Maureen standing by. First up, Robert, good morning. Hi Neil, how's it going? Okay, so um, from last uh, Monday, this day week, it was this day week, wasn't it? Uh, it became mandatory, didn't it? No longer yes. no longer a recommendation, but you now have to do it, uh, wear That's a mask, right. yeah, indoors. Yeah, um, my story is basically, Neil, I went into Little yesterday in Corn Market Street and 
I know I'm supposed to be wearing a mask and I know it's kind of in the wrong, but um, they wouldn't actually allow me into the shop um, without the mask. So I had to go away and buy one. And then he let me up to the top of the queue and I was allowed in. And I was just wondering, is, is it legal for them to, to stop people? Or what's the story? Well, what, what did you question him on it? No, look, it was the security man. He was standing at the top of the escalator. And he just said, look, have you got a mask? And I said, no. And he said, look, you can't come in. So I, I just I said, um, I better go away and get one because I had to do shopping. So I went away to deals. I got a mask and I went back in. And in fairness, he let me up to the top of the queue and he said, go on away, though. He said, thanks for getting the mask. So he's enforcing it, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone who does not wear a face covering or anyone who ignores a request to wear one without reasonable excuse may get a fine of up to €2,500, up to six months' imprisonment, or perhaps even both. Yeah, I believe that. I heard that the other day, and when I heard it, I was like, oh, that seems very, very harsh. No, I, well, many no, people I, describe it as draconian, but that's the way it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard there was one guy caught up in Dublin, but I don't know if that's fact now or not, that he was actually fined the, the two and a half grand. Oh, so there has no, been I, a fine. That's interesting. Yeah, I was in Aldi the other night. Well, like, I'm from Turner's Cross, and so I, I do shopping in Aldi as well. And basically half the people, I'd say, in Aldi had no masks, and there was nobody... What day? Nobody enforcing it. What day what was day? that? Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell any. Let's say it was. I'd say it was Thursday. Last oh, Thursday. But it was only last week. But it was after the legislation changed. Definitely, definitely, because I didn't have a mask that time as well. Believe it or not, because I, I misplaced it, and um, I was wondering would they actually stop me from going in? But no problem with Aldi, and they'll then seem to be really enforcing it. So just, I just they'd say that to you. Yeah, I mean, you can. There are special dispensations for people who have a medical condition, but I think you might have to have maybe paperwork to, to show it like or something, maybe a doctor's note. Yeah, well, look, I've, I've no medical condition. I, like, I was in the wrong for not having it on me, but it was just unusual the way some places really are enforcing it and others aren't, you know. It's kind of laissez-faire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you went away yeah. and got your mask. I mean, you just literally had forgotten, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a mask and I took it out of my bag that I usually carry around and that, that's why I didn't have it on those two occasions. So I ran over to Deals, no problem going into Deals. I bought um, one of the better masks and uh, I threw it on me and in fairness, the security guard, he let me into the top like of the queue if when I uh, If you're asking the question, which is what you are, had he a right to refuse you? I would say he did have a right to refuse you because last this day week... <laughs> The wearing of face coverings or masks in shops and supermarkets and shopping centres became mandatory. It's a law. So he he has a right to refuse you. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Well, well like what I'm saying as well is it's it's strange the way some people are enforcing it. And, oh, no, others aren't. And others aren't, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you think that everyone would be on the same kind of level. I know what you're you saying. Know? Yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying. All right, my man, appreciate it. Thanks, Robert. one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. One call ahead of the ad break. Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, I hope that clarifies that point with regards to what's mandatory now and it changed last Monday. Go ahead. Um, well, yeah, I'm one of the people I don't believe in lockdown. There should never have been a lockdown. No need for it. Um, it should have been... You see, this COVID-19, SARS-2, is part of the flu family. It's a flu virus. Mm. Admittedly, yes, 
it is more serious than your normal flu. But if this is the case, then every place should be locked down during flu season. And the problem is now we're coming into winter. Now we're going to have a problem because you're going to have your normal normal flu going around coming into flu season, which is going to create now another whole lot of problems. Mm. We have a government who decided to go on holidays to make bring in this mandatory mask wearing, which to me is not a law. And as far as I, what oh, is a law? Two and a half grand Nefet, fine. Nefet Nefet is, no, correct Nefet me if I'm wrong. Now, I, I mean, I know it was a no. week ago, but that's my understanding of it is fine so, or jail. You see, yeah, but they're saying they're, you see that they're saying, oh, we'll find you, we'll find you two thousand five hundred. You're not wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask. Never have worn one, and never will. Because even though I am in Clannacilty, and on these beautiful fine days, I've seen people here walking around with these masks on them. Their faces, they're as red as tomatoes. They're pulling them off. I met three people in succession one day. Oh, I can't breathe in this. I can't breathe. And I said, take that damn thing off. Wait a second. Like, I, ma- wear, I don't a- wear a mask outdoors. I wear a mask but when he- I go. Like, the people that yeah. you're meeting who can't breathe, are you meeting them on the street? Coming out of shops. As well, so and t- in shops. So you take it in off shop. when you walk out of the shop. That's that, what I do. But they're in shops. I met one inside in the shop saying, kind of pulling it down, saying, I can't breathe in this. I said, take it off. I can't breathe in them either, but there's many people yeah, but can't. We, but but we do it. Like. Yeah, but the po- no, no, you don't have to do it. The point about... Oh, we do have to do it. You know, one of, the problem, you know no. one of the problems? Unless we... I, sometimes I think that unless we, as a species, mankind, get a direct order <laughs> so what we need to do or should be doing... We tend to ignore things, you know? Uh, no. Us, peop- us ordinary people should not be wearing masks. These masks, what they are, when they get, they get soggy, they get damp. They are a breathing ground for bacteria. And what you're breathing out, you are inhaling right back into your lungs all those germs now that you should have been breathing out into the atmosphere. They are a breathing ground. We have a UK. What germs? For the vast majority of germs, the vast majority of germs and bacteria. Neither of us are medical people now. I know that, but they're good bacteria. They're good germs. So forget about all of that. Like it's other people we want to protect. No, you can't forget about it. You can't forget. I tell you why. We have a a dentist in the UK has come out publicly and said he has never seen so many people with gum infections. There, you've seen people. There are people breaking up their rashes from having these things constantly no, on their face. Never heard that. Never heard that. Well, I have heard it and I posted it and I've listened to it. People are not getting. They're not looking for other information. They're looking to what RTE is telling them and what is being put on radios. All this: wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask. If wearing a mask worked. Why are you social distancing? If social distancing and wearing masks works, why are you locking down Because the a cough and a sneeze can travel a lot further than a metre or two metres. Uh, can I get back to People, the point? Are, see, well, yeah. All right, of course. You say we should never have gone into lockdown. When did you come never, up with that? When did you come up with that? Was I it recently? Came, oh, I, no, no, no. Back about the end of February. Right. You always knew that lockdown no. would be a waste of time. Yes, it's a complete waste of time. And how did you and know in that, February it, that 60,000, 70,000, 100,000 people were going to, weren't going to be killed in Ireland? Because, you know, that's what it could have been if, um, if we hadn't you taken... Do realize, yeah, yeah, but did you realise that, that these numbers are wrong? There have been deaths in this country recorded as from COVID-19. 
Um, and and people died of other conditions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but hold on a second. UK government have already admitted, their numbers are wrong, they have already admitted they falsified death certificates. The Italian government have admitted it, that they have done the same. This is, the, this is what people aren't hearing. I'm not so sure they falsified they documents. keep away from their RTE and their other news outlets because they're not getting the truth. Yeah, well... Of what is actually happening. I think and that, I think that the figure of the... Okay, the figure of the 1,700 plus that died, right, were not all people who died of COVID-19. They yeah? didn't, exactly. Yeah. But they were, they were being putting down as COVID deaths. But they may have had, but they may, but they may have had COVID nineteen, but died of another condition that was going to kill them anyway. Yes, but yeah. that is not, but that's not COVID death. Because no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm, I'm agreeing you know? with you. I'm agreeing with you. You know, this is shocking, and they're on about nursing homes. These poor elderly people in our nursing homes died unnecessarily. Their family was kept away from them. Their priest was kept away from them. They couldn't even get the last rites. Their families had to stand and try and talk to them at a window. That's absolutely disgraceful. That actually is a crime against humanity in my book. And this, this but sure, like you couldn't, and being so told you couldn't have, have to do. like you couldn't have. They were dying inside nursing homes. Where's the crime? You wanted their family members to be left into a nursing home there, to bring in even. And the one, even one of their members couldn't have been left in to see people. They couldn't. Even, the priest couldn't, wasn't even allowed in to give these people the last rites if they needed it. Of course, it is a crime against humanity. But what about all the all other the vulnerable schools, people that were in, yeah, in those nursing homes, in residential settings? There are people, there is no talk about the, those people who have died unnecessarily. There is no talk and no uproar about the people who were denied cancer screenings for various types of cancer. Every other disease was pushed to the side, COVID-19. There are now people will be on waiting lists who should have been screened maybe three months ago Many of these people now have a death sentence. Yeah, well, you are right there. Because it has had a terrible knock-on effect with regards to death. No, yes, either, I mean, I mean, that's one point that I certainly would agree with you, but not everybody does on some of the other ones. A healthcare worker well, who's work. Hang on a sec. A worker, yeah. a healthcare worker on the front line just texted to say, "Get that quack off the air." Another person says, "How much medical experience does Maureen have? She knows so much. All them ones given us advice that we spent years, and they spent years and years in college studying." Have they all wasted their time because you know more than them? That's their opinion. I have my opinion. I'm entitled to it. But what I do is I go and I look and I listen to other people. I listen to other scientists and other doctors. I don't just listen to one outlet. Okay, okay. And I make up my mind. And to, my the, people, mind. And, and to the people who can't breathe through the masks, somebody suggests... Take them off. That, wait, no, well, that's what you're saying. The Chinese have yes, been wearing masks for years, and so have the Japanese and many Asian countries. They, they seem have, to they, 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 seem, they seem to be able to breathe just fine. Yeah, they, they still got sick, didn't they? No, but I'm saying, you're saying that many of the people uh, you meet... They still, they still got ill, and yes, they're wearing their masks. So, what, so what, me not wearing a mask, I'm not any danger to you who's wearing a mask. But I will say, Neil, and I'll just finish on this. People want to wear a mask. You go and you wear your mask. That's your business. But do not expect me or demand that I do the same as you. But what happens when you try to go in and buy something in a shop? Nothing. I'm fine. Nothing has ever been said. And you're in there, the only person without no, a mask. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. But you mean there are others like no, you? 
Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen a few uh, who who don't wear a mask either. Okay. Um, and has anybody ever approached you and asked you to put one on? No. Has no, anyone no. ever stopped no. you at the door and refused you entry? No. And that's the truth, no. Okay. And if they were to stop you going into a shop, what would you do? I just wouldn't go into the shop. Okay. You'd I say, would, fair I'd, enough, I'll go elsewhere. No, I'd say, yeah, I'll go elsewhere, I'll spend my money elsewhere. Yeah. But but if you really needed to go into the, like, let's say, uh, the only chemist in town, for instance, what would you do then? I'd find another chemist somewhere else. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not giving into this, this, what I call, it's just nonsense. I mean, we all have our opinions and we're entitled to it. Okay. Yeah. No, I just have to... Uh, people, this is forcing people. You see, where did where all this lovely mantra go? My body, my choice. Ah, no, you know where that went. I knew you. I knew you'd laugh. No, I'm laughing because my body, my choice goes out the window when you throw in the word infectious. Then it becomes somebody else's body. I'm not infectious. How do you know? You see, because I know. I know my own body. I know my health. I know I'm not infectious. How do you know? Sure, you don't know whether you have coronavirus right now or not. But I don't have coronavirus. How do you know? That's the whole. That's the whole point. Because I know. Because I but know. But you might have got it body. yesterday, and you mightn't get a symptom till Thursday. So, like, you don't know. I have no coronavirus. I can tell you that right now. Okay. So, at any one time, you know that you don't have coronavirus. Yes, I've, yes, I don't have it. Well, that's amazing. I'm because perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, you, but you see, there again, there you go again. <laughs> I am not a danger to anybody else out there. Because I am not wearing a mask. Okay, Maureen. I am no danger to anybody. That woman, Maureen, is right about masks. I'm a hairdresser wearing my mask eight hours a day. Every night I'm home from work. My throat feels closed up. And myself, as well as my work colleagues, have breakouts around our mouth. Um, The heat doesn't help either, but she's definitely right about mask rash. Yes, Uh, and the dentist, the UK dentist has named it mask mouth Syndrome. Another one here. Couldn't agree more with Maureen. And I'm a healthcare worker. Thank God someone is talking sense. I'm not sure what part of what you're saying is sense. Maybe all of it. But um, there's some texts of support as well. All right. Okay. Thank you. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. I'm in Spain listening and I can stick 35 degree heat and still wear a mask and breathe. Another one here talks about Thailand. A friend of mine in Thailand told me they have the lowest cases in the world. Check it out if you want. And he puts it down to the pollution they've had to deal with for years. Because of pollution, wearing masks is second nature. Uh, wearing masks there is like us putting on our shoes. They put the mask on all ages and they reckon the mask kept the country safe. That, for me, is proof enough, says Tim. Thank you for that text, 2086-8104-106. There's a story in The Echo this morning uh, that quotes a doctor, Mike Thompson, who says, coronavirus, these are my words, I'm paraphrasing, coronavirus, of course, is very much in the spotlight at the moment, but don't forget, come the back of the autumn and the winter, we will have the flu. And he reminds us that the flu causes, on any year, anything between 200 and 500 deaths per year in Ireland, uh, often the most vulnerable in society. And he says, as well as killing people, it's awful if you get a bad dose of it and it brings misery and morbidity. So there's going to be an added issue now for GPs and for hospitals come the winter, particularly if the uptake for the flu vaccine is low. Anyway, lines open at one 104 106 I'll come back to some texts as well a little later from Friday's programme, particularly with regards to cruelty to animals. There'll be a big, big response to that 
which you want to get on the air. That and uh, lots more besides. But I'll stay with the phone calls for now. One, two, three. Jim, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, you wanted to pick up on what Maureen was saying, is it? Yes, I do indeed. And you, it made you angry, her attitude to masks. I'm absolutely livid. Livid. I think what she was t- saying to the general public is absolute rubbish. Okay, well, like, say yeah, it to, say I, it to I, her. I, say I, it to her. I have her here so you can address it to right. herself directly. Go ahead. Not a problem. Go ahead. Good morning, Maureen. Hello. Good morning, Maureen. How are you? Good, mor- good morning. I'm Maureen, well, thank I God. What you've just said to the general public on, on Red FM is absolute nonsense. People like me, I suffer from kidney failure and I depend on people, other people, to follow the rules of this country and wear a mask and protect me and people like me. I am a very vulnerable person. I wear my mask everywhere I go and I expect that people like you would respect people like me and for my sake and to protect me and other people like me that you should wear the mask. You don't know whether you've got this virus or whether you haven't got this virus. It takes four to five days for this virus to, 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 before you will get symptoms, before you know what it is. How would you feel if you got this virus and gave it to one of your loved ones and they died from it? Would that change your mind about wearing a mask? No. 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 You have no, that condition. Be, that you have, no, right. hold on, hold on. Just hold on. No, no, hold on. I'm going to answer you your question. You did ask her a question, Jim, and she started to try and respond. Okay, sorry. I I'm responding you. You're all right, you. Pal, You're all right. Okay, come on. No. Yes. You are wearing a mask because you have an underlying condition, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Well, then you you wear your mask. You do what you do to keep you safe. Me, okay. how am I a danger to you by not wearing a mask? Because I'm not, not a danger to you when you. But so, but you basically. But you are wearing is. your mask. You see, okay. you're so wearing you're saying, yours. What you're is, so I'm not a danger to you. Do you not you understand don't have that? To wear your mask. No, I don't. I'm not right. wearing a mask. I, I'll be honest with you. But I'm I not a danger to anybody right. else who is wearing the mask. On this country, but people like you should tell you, unless you're wearing a mask, do not enter any shop. Really? And that's okay, the, so yeah, now, really. wait a second I, I know, okay, Maureen, let him speak, because otherwise this won't work. Listen, yeah. I, I just said, I, you said that because I'm wearing a mask, you don't have to. So basically no, what you're saying is two fingers up to anybody else I don't care no. about anybody else. No, 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 no. Opinion. No, no, no. See, I think I, Jim, I Jim's worry is that you uh, Jim's worry, I think, among others, is that your conversation with me would give many other people an excuse not to bother now wearing face masks. No, no. Exactly. No, no, no. Exactly. It's not an excuse. Exactly. But you're saying to I other have my... Oh, oh this is, no, wait a second. You've had your say. Yeah, I'll address what? your second part of this question. You want me to re- you want me to obey and respect you because I to wear a mask. Now, there are more people like me who will not wear a mask. But we are not getting any respect. Nobody's saying, well, you know, I'm wearing one, you're not wearing one, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I know. But you see, here's one from here's one from a healthcare here's one from a healthcare professional who's working on Award. Um, Maureen will only change her mind when she's in here with us and we're intubating her. As in no. putting you no, on. No, I won't. 
Okay. No, and I, oh, oh no, no. And ventilators, that's Sorry, nothing. I, I yeah. keep away from the ventilator. No, she can't keep away from a ventilator if you're moved in by ambulance into an ICU ward. Hold on a second. Jean. Hi, good morning. Thanks for holding. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to say to that woman, I won't call her a lady because she's not. She's such a moron. How do you know she's, hang on, how do you know that she's... Your opinion, no. From the way she's speaking, she's not, I wouldn't class her as a lady. But what I want your to opinion. say to her is my daughter's a COVID nurse and she has to wear more than one mask and goggles. I've seen her skin peel off her face because she has to wear them for 12 hours a day. And this woman is so selfish that she won't wear a mask. And these frontline workers are putting themselves at risk for the likes of her. A frontline worker wearing a mask is dealing with somebody who's been COVID positive. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is what Maureen is saying. That she's, Maureen is giving the opinion to everybody else. It's okay not to wear a mask. And oh, I'm saying yes. quite definitely. It is okay not to wear a mask. Not of course okay it is. Oh, don't be so stupid, it's not woman. okay, Maureen. This is not of course it's okay not to wear a mask. Like Me, if people don't cop themselves oh. on, wear their mask and protect exactly. themselves and other. Me so not wearing a mask. All right, okay, okay. 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 In the morning, morning, and you pass it to one of your grandchildren or a child, and that child. Listen, if I died, got sick in the morning, you should be. Like let her, let her answer. I'm not immediate. You, you should be prosecuted for murder. Exactly. All right, guys, like, come on. This isn't, gonna, this isn't going to work for me just because Let's there's too many people. Sh- yeah. I, want to get, I, I will have my say here. Well, you did already have your say. No, no, no. I'm not getting a chance to answer. Questions are being put and I'm not getting a go chance ahead, to Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I am not an idiot. If I get sick in the morning, even a cold, if I get flu, I certainly won't be going anywhere near my family or my grandchildren, number one. How do you, you know you were wearing masks? You who are wearing masks, you wear your mask. Right, okay. I see, I can't, if I can't hear what you're saying, then people who are listening can't hear what you're saying. They're going to turn this off. Maureen, you know that you just... You know that you could get COVID-19 today and not know until, yes, until I, Thursday I or Friday. I'm well aware of that. So you could be but going around like typhoid you. Maureen for three days before you ever knew the you whole, had... Look, the whole point of all this is I know... Every one of us know we can get sick at any time from any various disease or virus. But I have no intention of living my life in fear. Well, now, I'm not a threat to you, people who want it. No. And another thing I've noticed, people are wearing masks. A lot of them, you're turning into raving lunatics. People who are not oh, wearing masks God. are getting abused and verbally abused. You are breaking the law of the state. Maureen, please. No, Just we are not. Just for one minute. Maureen, I'm in hospital three up. times a week. I spend six hours in hospital three times a week having dialysis, okay? Because you have at a any point, Maureen, that requires at any it. Po- yes, but Maureen, at any point, Maureen, you could have this disease for four to five days without knowing that you have it. And yes, this is what I'm saying to you. Is you could meet your grandchild today and pass on this disease to them because you have walked into a shop without wearing a mask. And you think that's okay, and it's okay to tell the people of Cork, it's okay, lads, we don't need to wear masks. We do need that's to wear masks. Opinion. It's the law. I'm she says, she said, I'm going to move on, guys, but she's saying that because she's healthy and you're not, it's you should wear the mask, not her. 
No, no. I think it's a man has an underlying condition. He is protecting himself. If he stays safe, wearing the mask, perfectly fine. But do not. Please, Maureen. Do not. Listen, Maureen. No, I know, I know that. But you could be asymptomatic and you don't even know it, and you just you don't, don't seem to, you don't seem to want to face that fact. The World Health Organization has just released. Oh, Maureen, you're talking absolutely fucking rubbish, Maureen. You are so off the wall, Maureen. All right, okay. Thank you both, thank you both, thank you both. All three of you. Apologies, Jean, you didn't get much in there, but you made a good point on the great work that your daughter is doing, uh, Maureen and Jim as well. Back after the break on 1850-104-106, you can text 0868-104-106. A lively start to the week. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Okay, can someone inform that woman wearing the mask is to protect others? Her point is inaccurate. Um, hi, just thought I'd drop you a text as to, uh, as I know, I thought that face masks and face coverings are mandatory in shops. You're right. Uh, I was in a shop in the city and there was a guy in builder's clothing with a high-vis shirt and a cap with multi-pocket trousers and steel toe cap boots. I totally understand some people can't wear them because of medical reasons. But this guy was chatting and laughing out loud on his phone. He was boasting about how he wasn't wearing a mask and how he would never do so. Uh, A supermarket across the street gives people a gentle reminder to wear one if they need to. And so does a clothes store in town. I just think they should do the same in all businesses. Uh, Everyone else is wearing one. The guy, I think, on the phone was taking the mick. Well, he wasn't really if he wasn't uh, wearing a mask. He was doing a lot more than that. Um, A lot of emails on that and different topics, which I want to get through between now and midday, as many as they can, uh, on different topics of conversation. Some of them are COVID-related and some aren't. Like, on the topic of COVID, I can't understand why pubs are closed, but you're allowed to have house parties. It's a disgrace. I'm living on the north side. There's a party going on there every Saturday night until 6 or 7 in the morning living in a terrace where the party's going on. I don't mind people having a drink, uh, but this is going to be out on, out the back of the house. In all, this is going on out the back of the house in all weathers. Something has to be done. I notified the guardy, but nothing seems to have been done about it. I can hear it now below in the next terrace. Others have to hear it as well. People don't deserve this upset and torment. Uh, we're all, we all should be on the same page. Um, people who can and can't, wear uh, masks. There was a fellow in Anglesey Street Garda station over the weekend and was somewhat concerned uh, that uh, the guards weren't wearing face masks. So we got on to the Garda Shikona and apparently um, regulations within the Health Act provide exemption to members of Garda Shikona in the course of performing their duties. So if you don't see Garda with masks on, that's one of the reasons why. I think some will wear them. They'll choose to wear them themselves, um, but others not. Uh, apparently, there's special dispensation for members of the Guardi. Uh, just a quick one this side of, what have I got? I don't have, nah. I tell you what, lads, I'm out of time for now, so can you apologise to Philip and I'll pick it up after 11. 104 to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Nearly got you on there just before 11, Philip. My apologies. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. I want to um, draw your attention to um, bottom burping. You know what bottom burping is, do you? Farting, isn't it? Uh, yes, 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 for want of a kinder word, right? You know, because Am I allowed to say that word anymore? Was I ever allowed to say that word? It's out there now, so... Well, well, it is, what's, right, that got, what's, got, what's that got to do with this morning's topics of conversation? <laughs> no, I tell you what, right? First of all, anyway, I would like to say, right, I agree wholeheartedly with the lady that was on, right? That makes me controversial straight away. Maureen, is it? 
Yeah, okay. yeah, I thought she was excellent, right? Because basically what she was doing, she was exercising her rights as a free individual of this country. Exa- that's exactly what she was doing. And it's, it's like myself, the way I feel, right? I would rather die a free man than live the life of a slave than, than being dictated to the whole time, right? And that's what's happening the whole time. It seems things are being made up as they go along. But anyway, that's not the main reason why but, I But it is, a, it is a valid reason and point to make. However, I have an issue with yes, it. Yes, because, it is, because if... No, the, no, listen, far be it for me to be on to, to my life ruled and ruined by bureaucracy. I agree with you in that regard. But yeah. this is a mandatory law that was pa- passed seven days ago, um, which means that you now must wear a mask. In, yeah, but why didn't in, they introduce no, this right, at the height of the epidemic all those I, months I, ago? I know that. I know that. I'm not disputing it. Doesn't that. make sense. You but know, but you but if you're allowed to just do as you will with regards to laws, then that also allows you. Um, if you're stopped by a guard and he says, um, "I smell drink in the car," ah, guard. I had five pints, like, but I'm well able to drink after five pints. Don't worry about me. <laughs> you know, all right, point taken. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So right. where do you draw the line if you don't have laws? Yeah, I understand that. I, I understand that. But to see, right, look, if we're, if we're looking at the medical side of it, right, um, look, uh, I, the flu presents more of a problem to people with health issues than anything else. And it would appear that more people die from the flu each and every year than so far from COVID-19. So uh, who said, about, right, who said number, that? But who said that? I've been reading it on scientific journals. I can actually send you on copies of them if you wish, right, you know. That's not a problem. I can actually send those on to you. I'm not just saying that off the top I don't of think that more people die in Ireland from flu, though, than COVID-19. I'm not quite sure, Neil, of the breakdown, but worldwide, right, it would appear that okay. more people die from the flu every okay. year, right? Okay. But anyway, look, uh, that's not the reason, right, uh, I rang up. It's, we were talking about the mask, the face masks, okay? But recently, right, it came to the attention of scientists, particularly in Spain and Italy, uh, that the COVID-19, and in France, sorry, that COVID-19 has been around a lot longer than everybody thought it was. In fact, some would say that it was around in November, October, perhaps They September. traced it in sewage, didn't they? They found it in sewage. So, right, we all know what sewage is, and we all know where the sewage comes from, okay? Bodily excrement, right, and, you know, discharges and stuff like that. So if you can find traces of COVID-19 in sewage, which actually comes from bodily, uh, you know, disposal of, you know, of uh, excrement and stuff cool. like that. Yeah. Would it not be fair to say that not only do you exhale it through your mouth, but you can actually bodily burp it out into the public as well. And perhaps we should consider <laughs> getting masks for the bottoms as well. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's point, that's, Neve, I know you're laughing. that's where this conversation started with bottom burping. Then I get it now. Okay. Yeah, are you with me now, right? I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you can exhale it, right, from your mouth, I mean, why can't you sort of like <laughs> burp it out through your backside? You know, an <laughs> anti-flatulence mask, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. What do you <laughs> think? No. I mean, it's a fair point. I know it sounds funny. I know it sounds kind of crass and vulgar, right? But look. Scientists have shown that it exists in sewage, so therefore, right, it kind of exits <laughs> to the bottom as well. You I know? can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that, this though. Is Neil, all I can say is thank you very much for having me on. Cheers, Phil. <laughs> Take care. Well, now, there's food for thought for you guys. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? That was brilliant, I have to say. It was entertaining, to say the least. Oh, man, this, this program gets crazier and crazier. Anyway, go ahead. I'm ringing in connection with the previous callers you had on there. Uh, 
I thought it was unfair the way you brought on two uh, two other callers to kind of challenge the lady in her remarks. I felt it was kind of like bordering on promoting, attacking people for not wearing face masks. Ah, well, I know? mean, let, let, me exp- let me explain to you. They wanted to make some criticisms as to what you had said. Um, yeah, but we, we, you, handled, we, you, you handled it slightly badly because you le- you left her. They, they abused her on air. They called her names. Uh, they verbally attacked her, like, and I thought that was unfair. You know, and like, uh, man, you know, it did it, turn. It, it, well, I will admit that it did turn into a bit of an argy bargy. But I'd say Maureen is okay with that. You know, she's well able to make yeah, a point and handle well it. Say, yeah, yeah, I think she's a strong-minded woman. Uh, but one of the points I wanted to make to yourself, Neil, is there's a, a vast. Your 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 point is that people like Maureen get demonised, is it? Because they have well, a, a, apart from that, we move on from that. A, a con- no, but I'm just surmising. She has a contrary opinion to many, and on, on that basis, you feel that there's. There's victimisation for other people's points yeah, of view. Yeah, and okay. I, 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 I would, wouldn't like this to see your show promoting b- people getting verbally abused for not wearing a, a face mask because there was a lot of people that are exempt by law from wearing face masks. I'm looking at the regulations here. Uh, anybody with a physical or mental illness, impairment, disability, or anybody who suffers from stress. Uh, people is, that have oh, language stress, difficulties. Is yes. Okay. I didn't know Stress, about that one. Any, any, anybody with anxiety, anybody with mental health issues, uh, take a, a, a person that, take a woman that might have been attacked on the street and uh, has the, 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 the developed an anxiety disorder about anything covering her mouth. Good. I understand the reason for that. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a whole uh, host of reasons why people are legally exempt. Yes, but I, I did talk about all of that earlier on. But I, the, the people that I was interested in were people who just won't wear a mask because they don't want to and don't feel they should have to yeah. and they won't well, be dictated to. That's all. Well, what, what I've come across now as well, look, uh, I have a person in the family that has an exemption. I'm not going to discuss why, but... Uh, to comply with the law, she wears a face shield. Okay? They are covered by the regulations. Mm. They comply with the regulations. They cover the mouth and the nose and the eyes, the whole lot mm. covered. We went to a store in Galway recently, a well-known store. They have chains all over, all over Ireland and Europe. And they have instituted their own policy on top of our regulations. Which is what? That if you have no face mask you can't enter the store unless you make a declaration that you have an illness or disability. Now that is contrary to privacy laws it's contrary to the regulations uh, on the face masks Uh, they they refuse a sentry unless we would state that we had a previous condition. Now I find that to be an invasion of people's privacy in the respect that nobody has a right to know if I have an illness or a disability. Nobody has a right to know, especially a person operating as a security in a door shop. But you've been given special dispensation. Why don't you take advantage of it? Yes, but you see, the store was instituting their own policy. They would not accept face shields as compliance with the law. They were wanted compliance with their own store policy. Ah, well, I mean, I, I, like, that's stupid. A face shield is perfectly acceptable. 
Oh, I know that. I, I've actually Isn't emailed it. it. I, yeah, I've emailed a company involved. Their, their headquarters in, is in okay. America. And I've had it out with them. And they said they said that they're re-looking at the store policy. Now, as far as people's uh, rights to challenge you, uh, a shopkeeper is only obliged by the law to inform you that the face masks are mandatory by law. They're not allowed to question you about anything. Nothing. It's different to the bus regulations. And in that case, you didn't go into that store, is that right? I didn't. I, 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 because, like, we were wearing the face shields which complied with Irish law. Okay. I no, I, I, I thought one of the points you made that was that it was a GDPR issue, that you didn't have to tell someone that you had an underlying condition. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there was that issue as well, which I emailed the company about. Like, why should I be telling a store worker that I have a medical problem? So that everybody order, can, yeah. Every, so that they that. Un, they understand why some they're letting somebody in without a mask is the reason why. Yeah, yeah, because you see, with their store policy in place where they weren't accepting face shields, if I went in and then somebody else is queuing up outside, and uh, the, the person at the door says, "Oh, you can't come in without a face mask," and they're looking at me and they say, "But he hasn't got a face mask on. Oh, he's exempt. He's got a medical condition." No, no, no. I mean, I wouldn't look at it that way at all. I mean, I just, like, I, I would be in a supermarket, for instance, wearing a mask, and I would see somebody else going around without a mask, and I would automatically think to myself, that person has an underlying medical condition. Yes, but if you take the attitude of the previous callers that were attacking the woman on the air there... No, she, like, she doesn't have an underlying medical condition. She just won't be told what to you, do. But you, why should she have to tell you that she did for, in order to justify the people fucking arguing with her. I know, I, like, I just, I know, I know. Like it, I mean, like, it, it, hang it's on. private business. Listen, come here. There were 16-year-olds went out, out to war, lost their lives at the age of 16. Surely be to God people who are healthy can wear a bloody mask for a few weeks. I agree with you. I'm complying with the law because I wear a face shield. You are? Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am. But the, the, the particular store up in Dublin wouldn't they accept the, the face shield. Uh, you, so some people don't realise the face shield complies with the law. And I reckon anybody that has an issue with wearing a face mask, they should have used the face shield. Okay, okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Caller says, I'm talking rubbish about the Gardaí not having to wear masks. Uh, so is what you're saying is that they can't give you COVID, can they? I have no idea. Um what, what the story is regarding um, the Gardaí. It's just the regulation. Regulation 42C provides an exemption to members of Angardi Shakana in the course of performing their duties. We asked them, why is it that guards aren't wearing uh, face masks in their place of work? And that's what they said. Exemption to members of Angardi Shakana in the course of performing their duties. There it is, unless somebody comes back and tells me that that's wrong. That's the response that I got on the matter. Okay. Meanwhile, Stephen, good morning. Morning, Neil. Thanks for holding it. Okay, I just have um, the previous call you had on there and just uh, went over some of the points that I was going to make. But uh, my question is, is there some confusion about the law in regards to these fines that are being implemented or should be implemented since last Monday? Uh, because uh, I've had a discussion with a few people and uh, some people say that the... Uh, the rules are not law yet, but uh, I want to find out exactly are they law and can a shopkeeper refuse to um, allow people into a shop? And if uh, I'm inside the shop and I see somebody walking around without a mask, can I then call the manager and say, I want him out of the shop? 
or can I call the guards and say, this person is breaking the law, they should be taken out of the shop? Mm, that's interesting. Um, it's law since last Monday came into force. It was the same law that was already in force for public buses and trains, right? Then last Monday, um, the law was extended to anybody that's indoors in a shop or a public building where other people gather, except if you're in a restaurant pub eating. You don't have to. If you don't wear the mask, um, you don't get in. Um, if the, I imagine the fine would kick in if there was a confrontation, right? And the staff of the shop had to call the guards. That's when you'd have the potential to have to be, you know, coughing up two and a half grand. Yeah, so I'm saying any member of the public so can call a manager in a shop and say, um, this person is not wearing a mask. Can you explain why? And if you don't, I'm going to call the guards. Um, that's a very interesting point. Um, I guess you might meet somebody who might just do that. Yeah. But but my point is, if I see somebody in a supermarket without a mask, I automatically assume that they have an underlying condition and can't wear a mask. You you wouldn't see it that way, no? No, I wouldn't. Um, basically, because I've seen a lot of young people, and I've seen um, what I would call uh, middle aged people. 40s and 50s going around shops recently. I'm talking about the last four or five days without masks on. And I don't believe that every one of them has uh, an underlying condition. I think it's just a case of um, these people are just putting their fingers up to everybody else and saying, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. And you believe that a member of the public should be able to ask a member of staff as to why that is? Yeah, I think they should be allowed to uh, get a manager of a shop and say, you know, this person is walking around without a mask. Why aren't you stopping him at the door and questioning him? Or else refuse entry completely. Um, that would be very simple, wouldn't it be? Just to not allow anybody into your place of business unless they wore a mask or had a good reason not to? Yeah, uh, and I think uh, shops should implement that policy because uh, I've seen recommendations up on some doors in shops and people still walk past it. So I think every shop should have a policy up there saying, no service unless you wear a mask. Okay, thank you for that. Interesting thoughts. Um, thanks for that, Stephen. Uh, by email, we were talking about um, prices in Ireland last week and some people were referring to rip-off Ireland. Just listening to the person who was complaining about the prices of accommodation, that they seem to have gone up compared to what they paid previously. Actually, I shouldn't say seem to have gone up. They did go up. There's a lot of commenting going on regarding rip-off Ireland. People need to sit back and think. I can't speak on behalf of the property she was referencing, but I can tell you uh, my job is revenue management at a very large hotel chain. I look after several hotel properties, and I can tell you hotel pricing is based on supply and demand. There are also certain overheads that need to be covered. You have staffing costs, electric costs, upkeep, and most recently housekeeping costs have skyrocketed. We all know... Uh, well, the COVID-19 has had a significant impact. But has anyone stopped to think about the cleaning costs? All cleaning materials have been upgraded to hospital grade. This is a lot of money. The amount of time required to clean places has doubled. We have several very large suites which might be compared to the price of these holiday homes that were referenced. They now, those suites, cost €150 Euro to clean when a guest checks out. This is a combination of staffing costs, product costs and replacements. In some cases, we have to remove and replace mattresses and other soft furnishings to ensure there's no infection risk. There are also a lot of new variables that are impacting on the hospitality industry. We have to stock all kind of PPE now in case we have to enter a guest room while occupied. 
Renovations had to take place to ensure social distancing and the safety of our customers and guests. This is not rip-off Ireland. This is the cost of doing business in the current situation. Thank you, Neil, says Paula, in response to um, increased prices when it came to booking hotels and, indeed, holiday cottages. Reasons behind it, housekeeping, PPE, and also the deep cleaning of all of the rooms. Mind you, you have an option in a hotel not to have your room cleaned. So you can just put up a sign or... I think you have to put the sign up now in many places if you want to, if you're staying two or three nights. I mean, if you wish, you could just have it left alone and just change the towels. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Is Con coming on or do you want me to read that? He's coming on, is he? Okay, hold on to him. Then I'll come back in a few minutes. Time. Mick, thanks for your patience. Mick McSweeney, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How things? Yeah. You're aware. You're aware of the carry on above in Dublin in a fairly trendy uh, pub um, where they had uh, a pub in Dame Street called Berlin D2. You saw the 22nd video footage, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I was just listening to you earlier on there and talking to the guy from New York. Um, Tom. I, I just, you know, I just can't get my head around it. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, we, we're all, we're all it. Well, I am, and I think most of the people I know are obeying the rules, uh, getting on with our lives, but keeping keeping safe. And then these idiots carry on uh, in Dublin. It just makes a whole it's it's a jo- makes a joke of the whole thing. And as far as I'm concerned, they uh, they should be shut down. Straight well, but, away. well, a lot of texters are saying here's an example of some of the many texts this morning. That pub should have its license suspended for two years. Yeah. It's it's one okay. rule for everyone else outside of Dublin, though. He says. Yeah, but I mean, I went out Saturday night for the first time in five and a half months uh, for a beer, and uh, it was a, quite an, a good experience. How did uh, you do? How did you do that though? Did you have food? I, well, I had to. Yeah. Good yeah. man. Good man. Uh, I know because there's pubs well, where there's pubs where you don't have to have food, as you know. So you're not all playing ball, you know. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. You hear stories, but I'm just saying. Um, First time, five and a half months. Uh, myself and the missus went out. She's she's a frontline worker, so we, she has to be careful what, where she goes, what she does. So we went out. Good night, good experience. But then I read this thing and see this thing on Facebook about this place in Dublin, and it just like put the, it just puts a downer on the whole thing again. I mean, we, we should we're we're going into the sixth month. We should be getting back to normal. I mean, we we really need to be getting back to normal. I mean, the schools, nobody, nobody still knows, you know, what's happening with the schools. Uh, one rule, one week, one, one story another week. Uh, the same with the pubs. Uh, a friend of mine has a pub uh, locally, and he, he's pulling his hair out because he can't get staff. When he had the staff, he had, um, they, they, they just shut him down. He was supposed to open two weeks ago, and just drop of a hat said, no, you're not opening. You know, it's, it's sad. So all those promises of all those jobs just went up in smoke? Yeah, uh, yeah, he and he. I, I met the, I met met him Saturday night uh, out out and about, and he's he was devastated. He just was devastated. Uh, he said, "No, he can't get the staff because the staff he had lined up, up they've gone somewhere else." You know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, as he said, the, the guidelines are there. 
he could open, but he just feels that he, he doesn't want to open for the reputation of the, the pub in question, which okay. is fine. But he'd have, to, he'd, have to, he'd have to do food and stuff. Okay, listen, all right, you're a reasonable yeah. guy and, and, and your, your wife worked through all of this and uh, works as a frontline worker. You got out for the first time in five and a half months. Um, you're saying that we should open the country up. Um, you, I mean, you do say that board up the premises of those that are flouting the law, take away their trading licences, but don't punish those who want normality. What, what do you mean open the country up? Like, what, what have you in mind? Well, what I've, what I've got in mind is uh, the small pubs and the small, small business that can't open up because they can't, apply, they can't uh, um, qualify for these rules and stuff. I mean, there's, there's going to be thousands of pubs not open up. So what, what, why, why is it okay to sit down and have a pizza or a bag of chips in a pub? We just take the pub sector, the hospitality sector. What, what, why? What's, what's the benefit of sitting down and having a pizza with my meal and getting my two hours in, in a pub? I just don't understand that, that crack whatsoever. Because the, the, the idea behind it was that you would have a drink with your meal, not a meal with your drink. Does that make sense when I say that? Like the, well, that's... it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me because I I don't like um, having when I want to eat an eating experience I want to go to a, a restaurant and have a glass of wine and a few beers and have a, a restaurant experience I don't want to go out for an hour and thirty minutes try and gulp as many points on my neck like like Saturday night and then just get told five minutes before my table time is up I have to now go outside and finish my drink off, which is fine. I, I still have a half a pint. But what I'm saying is, to me, I, I have probably got more chance of getting the COVID when I went into the toilets because there was five or six people in the toilets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any logic to me sitting down in the, in the booth, booth area having a pint of Guinness than there is me sta- not maybe standing at the bar uh, sitting around the areas in the pub I was in there are bars off the bar if you follow you see yeah I know I know but Jay Burke who owns the pub in Dublin in Dame Street this is Berlin D2 he says that yeah. the, the vintners have thrown him under a bus I don't quite know why he says that but the video is there to show what went on inside in the establishment right so your man standing yeah. up on the on the counter barman he had a mask on yeah. but he had a big bottle of whiskey in his hand and people were queuing up for shots of whiskey directly yeah. down their throat. Um, if the pubs were open, who's to say that that wouldn't be happening the length and breadth of Ireland? Uh, well, m- most of the pubs we're talking about, Neil, they wouldn't be that size of a pub, would they? You know, to be fair, they would be locals. Yeah, I mean, but I many, many satellite towns yeah. around Ireland have pretty big pubs. Some of them even have nightclubs. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is... Uh, yeah, well, there, there goes a the point. You've got a small, smaller community, and surely the smaller community community can be policed a lot better than a community like Dublin, Cork, Belfast, Derry, where you've got just huge areas and, you know, the kids are going in there, they're having a good time. That's not the point. We all want a good time, but the thing is, they're going home and, you know, if, they, if, if they're flouting it and they can bring that bloody virus back to their parents, back to their own families, you know, by just get, getting pissed. Basically. Yeah, but that, that's my point. The, the, those that are against opening the three and a half thousand pubs are against it for exactly that reason, that they will have scenes of recklessness that you see in trendy areas of Dublin. Maybe it's Dublin should be locked down. Well, I'm not saying Dublin should be locked down, but I mean, if, if, if there are areas in Dublin that are hot, hot spots, 
then I think, yes, maybe the areas that are hotspots and the areas that are not complying with the rules, okay. they should maybe shut down. Okay, okay, That's, all right. You know? Okay, you enjoyed your first night out and your wife enjoyed her I, night out? Well, we did. It was a very, it was a different experience, but it was well worth it. It was well worth it in the end after five and a half months of dithering. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Appreciate that. Thanks, Mick. Con. Hello, how are you? I don't, I don't want to know where you're talking about, right, for obvious okay. reasons, so that I don't want anybody identified in this, but I'm just interested okay. in the general story, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Yes. Well, uh, where I live, uh, there was uh, uh, people that just bought this uh, little piece of, uh, well, it was a house on uh, a bankrupt stock, you know, and bought the house, and... Uh, they said apparently somewhere back in history, about a hundred years ago or more, that it said that a tiny little bit of uh, ground just next to my back garden was theirs. That was part of the sale thing. Mm. So uh, they, they built a thing there on it that looks very much like um, a beer garden. You know, it looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. It walks like a duck. It must be a duck. So it looked like that to me, you know. And uh, people uh, uh, with their big cans of Heineken up on it, and um, they were um, drinking. With uh, There was uh, five of them around this table. Yeah, but that's fine. That's grand. Oh, it is lovely. But I went outside my door, and uh, I just turned... I was in my own property, and I said... Um, do you mind? I said, there's none of you, you know, I, I put it to them. And I made it in my own jokingly manner. But I say, I told them that, they, you know, they weren't observing, um, you know, uh, social and and they didn't have any masks on them and they were drinking. And uh, I'm a type 1 diabetic. And... Um, yeah, but you're in the next house, like you're feral. Yes, I am next next house. Yeah, yeah. and they don't, and they're outdoors, so they don't need a mask. Yeah, yeah, okay, All maybe right. they don't. But I didn't. I got my answer for them, and that was off. Charming. Yeah, and right. uh, then I decided. Well, I I phoned my local Garda, and um, the Garda came out anyway, and seemed these. Uh, you know, they, they spoke to them and whatever. But one of them said that um, they, they were a married couple and another couple that definitely wasn't married or anything like that. They, but they, you uh, can't be looking over. You can't be looking over in your fence, giving people... Uh, the... well, I wasn't giving them any kind of grief. I, 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 I was just, um, you know, expressing, you know, that, you know, because... I'm concerned. I'm I'm a type one diabetic. Yeah, but I'm, you're I'm, a long distance away from them, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I am. A, I'm a good long distance. But I did call the guards anyway, and they did call. And uh, to five people in their back garden having a drink. Yeah, these these were. Um, yeah, yes. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to like leave it at that there because I don't see the reason why people can't have a couple of jars in their back garden without you know. 
having to answer questions about it if they're sitting around a table. You don't need masks outdoor or anything like that. Um, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. That's the problem, I think. Is what happens is more people then, of course, um, you know, get more incensed about things, and we question people more, and we might indeed maybe overstep the mark a bit more. Where did this all start this morning? Masks, I suppose. Masks, 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 and the pub above in Dublin. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll uh, pick it up after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And from Friday's programme of torturing and killing cats, it was absolutely horrific. Uh, I read the Facebook post by Katie and the death of her cat. As a mam and an animal lover, a nurse and a mother of two boys, I'm so upset that this carry-on happens right on our doorsteps all too regularly. Pets are more than just family members. They provide comfort and care to children in any circumstances or difficulties. So they are essential for the emotional support of our kids, especially in these current climates. Kids who kill animals don't stop there, you know. Love your show. Uh, Nothing comes more naturally to a cat than an urge to kill. Also, do these people realise what pain their own cats cause to people's rabbits, birds and whatever else they catch? I mean, is that in defence of people who burnt a kitten to death? Uh, or another where a dog was set upon a cat and tore it apart. This is barbaric behaviour by cowardly boys. A dog generally must be taught to kill other animals. A cat will kill other things naturally, says Philip. Uh, As bad as it sounds, but it's only a matter of time before citizens take matters into their own hands and deal with this antisocial behaviour themselves, says Kevin. To the woman whose cat was killed and her daughter intimidated, if you're not happy with the response of the guardie, report it to GSOC. Then you'll see the guardy move. Ha ha. Animal rights in Ireland are antiquated, says Gary. We need to change. We need changing and people who harm animals in a malicious way need to be severely fined and maybe even have prison time. We must set a standard in society nowadays and stick with it. These juvenile delinquents must fear the law and not, as they are only doing, laughing at it. Killing animals as a child is the number one common trait that adult serial killers share. Stop these thugs before their killings progress. There's reams of these. The people who burn the cat should have a part of their body held in a flame for a while to get a taste of what it's like. What will unfortunately happen is that welfare services will come on board for them and they'll get lots of help and taxpayers' money spent upon them or even maybe a week's holiday in Trebalgan. The laws regarding underage animal cruelty, as in underage kids' animal cruelty, seriously needs to be addressed. There are a lot of horrendous crimes being committed by underage individuals and our system protects them um, with GDPR. Morning, my own dog attacked and killed a dog and I had the dog put down. I did it so it wouldn't happen again. I can I can understand why Wendy wants that dog put down. Um, that was another case again of uh, um, animal cruelty, another dog uh, that killed her pet and she reported to the Gardaí, it will come before the courts. And we were questioning at the time as to whether Wendy would want the dog put down or not. At one stage she said yes, but by the time we finished the programme on Friday, Wendy was okay with perhaps that dog being taken in to a shelter. Um, Ross says, I find it very interesting to see the outrage response about all of this animal cruelty. It truly is disgusting and these little degenerates should be punished severely. However, the people who are complaining about this probably eat meat which has been sourced from the dismembered corpse of a murdered animal. Have any of you seen what happens to thousands of defenceless animals inside these meat plants on a daily basis? That is truly heartbreaking. So thank you for those. Just two more for now. Setting animals on each other is legal in this country. It's even sponsored by the Irish taxpayer. 
Hares are regularly captured in the countryside and they're used as live bait for greyhounds. And a final one, Anthony says, animal cruelty has never been addressed properly. We need good legislation to deal with it because young people know that a slap on the wrist is the only punishment they'll get. It only leads to kids attacking other kids um, in the future. It has to change, but this conversation will be the same in 20 years' time, I fear. So that's just a selection of them. If I get more opportunities over the next day or two, I'll delve into some more. But back to the phone lines we go. Aaron Stanton Noonan, morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? How are um, you? You work with DK2 Events, which would make you a relation of the one and only Dan Noonan. The famous Carl Johnson. That's be, super yeah, yeah. jock <laughs> from the 70s and 80s. Yes, yes, yeah. He's probably still, <laughs> if I know Dan, he's still gigging, is he? Uh, well, obviously, at the current moment, he's not, but uh, he used to do the odd one or two at the moment, yeah. He's, he's uh, very fond of doing gigs still, you so know. So, no disrespect him, but are you a son or a grandson? I'm a son. son <laughs> uh, one, what, I'd be the youngest son. All right, okay. <laughs> the grandkids aren't old enough to gig yet, no? <laughs> no, not yet, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I can, tell, I can tell you one thing. You probably know this. But one of the reasons that I'm sitting here talking on this radio station is because the work that your dad did back in the 70s on Pirates. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he actually talks about that an awful lot, to be fair. It's kind of uh, something he brings up probably yeah. every day to them. So when he hears <laughs> something or, or someone's name... He brings up a bit of a story, you know. Oh man, there were many, many stories. Yeah, the one yeah. and only and Carl someone... Johnson. Yes, yes, yeah. Anyway, you guys aren't doing a whole lot of work at the moment, no? No, no, we're doing nothing at all. Um, basically, uh, we have a shop here in Angus Street um, on South Terrace. Uh, we're just basically doing nothing at all. Uh, we can't do anything because there's no events and stuff. And we recently purchased um, a big LED wall um, that's just lying here now at the moment. You Was know? that supposed um, to go into a club? Uh, no, no, it was actually meant to be for hire, so it was meant to be for concerts and festivals and stuff, and you can hire it for kind of corporate events and stuff, you a know. A wall of light? Yeah, well, it was basically, it's just a big LED wall uh, screen, you know, you'd see them at the concerts and stuff like that. So when you see, for the record, Berlin D2 had a disc jockey at the gig, like, so some jocks are working, right? Yeah, well, look, I've I, I've done one or two gigs recently myself in um, kind of an open environment for weddings that were very small, uh, but for something like that it was absolutely disgraceful. To be honest, it's 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 a big kind of middle finger up to everybody in the industry and anybody who's trying to open their premises as a family or a pub, you know. You saw the video footage then. I did, yeah, I did, and to be honest, yeah, I, I actually know um, some of the organisers that organised it, and I'm absolutely horrified that they actually thought of something like that, you know. Uh, Jay Burke says that Jay Burke says it was 20 seconds of madness. He said the rest uh, of you know the rest of the uh, event uh, was fine. Absolutely not, absolutely not, because I can tell you these people are meant to be influencers online on social media that a lot of kind of kids and teenagers follow, and to be honest, yeah, I did. They had it up all over their Instagram and I'd say they, they must have woke up the following morning with a, a Mickey Finn's hangover, as people are calling it, with the, 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 the spirits they were pouring out to realise what they'd done, you know, and removed everything from their stories and all that kind of stuff. I'd say to cover their own, their, themselves, you know. But was it a punter took the video and posted it, was it? I don't, that's one thing I don't know. I don't know. But the, 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 the people, there was basically a girl, I'm obviously not going to say her name or anything, but she's, well known online and she organised it was meant to be a private event yeah um, it was so a private event yeah. so we won't yeah. say any more than that without clearance from the people who actually had exactly, the booking yeah. but exactly. uh, what, we, what we saw was one of the barmen jumping up on the counter hanging on to a pole and pouring whiskey down people's throat 
yeah, it's so, it's just silly, silly behaviour altogether. Like I, I, I'm I'm living in Cove myself, and there's pubs down there screaming. David did a meeting last week of trying to organise food and get themselves open. They're all family-run business, and it's it's just a big middle finger up to them, you know. And people that have been working very, very hard to get get themselves back into business, you know. And even for musicians and DJs and everything else, we can't get work until they open, you know. And yeah, you're talking about uh, musicians, you're talking about disc jockeys, you're talking about comedians, you're talking about yeah. theatre, drama. Yeah, A lot of actors, for instance, whether they're stage or screen, they're all on COVID payments now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, like, there were some people dropped... Um, with their COVID payment was caught and everything else, which is crazy as well. Like, but to see something like this is is just absolutely disgraceful, you know. Yeah, and it, I was away when it was announced that um, the pantomime at the Everyman won't happen this year, which is heartbreaking. I don't know if there's been an announcement for the Opera House panto yet. I I, I was thinking that it wouldn't be possible for them to do something online, so they wouldn't, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't no, be practical. No, I'd say not. Like, the Everyman would actually be a client of ours. We we um, hire them the lighting every year, so <clears throat> between that and the jazz would be a massive loss to us alone, you know, with, with the, the company. But I, I think what they were saying was for a theatre, that could be, I'm not too sure what numbers, seat-wise, but... 700 for the Everyman. 1,000 for the Opera House. Well, say Everyman or Opera House, I think they're only allowing 85 in there. But that's just ridiculous as well. Like, you know, you can't... You can't survive off that or live off that, you know. So you you literally have been on hold for five or six months, sitting yeah, in all of this we, stock and equipment. We, yeah, we we've literally kind of like um, pretty much missed missed every main event between Patrick's Day and up along. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's been cancelled, and with the jazz, as I said, gone. That was probably one of the biggest. I always call it the biggest event of the year, you know, because it brings a lot of stuff to the city. And nearly every pub and hotel and anybody in that industry is 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 working, you know, uh, for the jazz. But it's all gone as well. But it's kind of one of these inevitabilities of COVID nineteen. Is like, what can you what can you do? Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. And with numbers rising, going up and down as well, you can't really push boundaries as well. I guess you know. Do you think? Do you think that? I'd say nightclubs will ever come back at all. I mean, pub, um, pubs maybe, but. Dancing? I to be honest, I as much as I love clubs like here in Clark and stuff, I don't think they will. You know, like uh, myself and three or four of my friends were just having a few drinks there last weekend in my own house, and um, they would be DJs as well, and they were just on about that, um, like something my dad always mentions. But it, it, it sounds like it'll go back to something in the seventies where you'll have to pay for your meal on the door. You know, you get a chicken supper with it or. <laughs> Whatever, it'll be a bit mad, like, you know. And then, and then it was at your own risk if you choose to eat it or not. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sometimes it was the best food you'd ever eat if you had a few pints in, don't get me wrong. Well, that's, that, that's another thing, I guess, yeah. You had to have a chicken supper or a curry. And it, usually the curry was in this huge, big metal vat, you know, like something out of Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they doled it up. And that was the basis on which you got a late license, you know, that was the way that was. But I think you guys have it. You, you guys turn up now and you rock up with a laptop and a, a memory stick. Back in the day, it was pure carton vinyl. It was incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, boxes um, and boxes of records. Lockdown, I've actually kind of gone back to vinyl. My dad, we're actually building a studio at home. So I'm actually back playing vinyl because. Uh, Every Sunday, my, myself and my brother, we kind of, we done um, a gig basically every Sunday night. We call it Pandemica. Um, so there's a group of about five or six of us do a, a slot, an hour slot each throughout the day. 
and we do it for like local charities but I do like um, it's kind of like a dinner kind of set basically from 6 to 7 but it's all like vinyl from the 70s and 80s and stuff Where'd you get that? From from Dan is it? Yeah yeah so I pull on records but I have a digital digital file as well so uh, some of them are records, some of them aren't, you know. So. Uh, well, if it's not, if it's not, if it doesn't twist round on a turntable, then it's not a vinyl <laughs> yeah, record. Yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. I'd say no, he no, must, I, I mean, I, he must I, have I mean, some collection though, Dan, I'd say, has he? I, uh, do you know what, I, I, I'm waiting to go through it, to be honest, because we're, we're hopefully to get a shelf built at home. It's just kind of, you know, mad notions of lockdown and COVID-19 and everything to get stuff done at home. I'd say you'd need a lot more than a shelf to handle his vinyl. You'd need a huge big <laughs> lock-up, I'd say. I'd say so, yeah, I'd say so. But, anyway, uh, yeah, listen. No. Tough times, pal, tough times. Sorry to hear about it, is, it but, it you know, hopefully, I suppose Christmas is gone, really, is it? I'd say so, I'd say so, to be honest, you know. And even if there's anything in Christmas, I'd say it'd be something small. Like, I, don't, I can't see companies having Christmas parties or anything like that, you know. Okay, we'll talk again. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. No pass on, my, pass on my best wishes to your dad. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.